Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. This whole week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do, I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from over 100 countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com lorehammer, and you can get an extra three months off ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com lorehammer, expressvpn.com lorehammer to learn more. You are listening to Lorehammer, Episode 7, Humanity, the Horus Heresy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. This is our seventh episode. My name is Eric. Hey there, I'm Mark. This is uh, Jordan with you again. And then uh, today we have back on from our very first episode, it's Christian. Hey everybody. Everyone's favorite... Flopper? Wait. It doesn't matter. I believe you're... I believe your exact words were for Christian when... Uh-oh. <laughs> in one of our episodes Uh-oh. was... He's a great guy, but a terrible human. <laughs> Is that going to go on the quote page? That actually sounds about right. I think that was verbatim your quote. I was actually going for everyone's favorite non-completionist. That's what I was going to say now. Uh, little side note, Christian opened up his phone not three minutes ago. Oh, jeez. Scroll through the pages that he has open on his browser. Over 100. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Like, to the point where it's like, well... You have all the internet on your phone, yeah, yeah, you might yeah. as well turn off your Wi-Fi, you no longer You don't need, need any. anything else anymore. I have every Wikipedia page open at the same time. <laughs> I just... In case the internet ever goes down. Like, you gotta wonder, like, how long was the first one opened? Like, does he cycle oh, these on, yeah, like, a yeah. monthly thing? Yeah, or yeah. has this been, like, two years? Since I had the phone. Right, and how old's the phone? A year. So, there's a page on your phone that hasn't been reloaded or refreshed for over a year, but you still got it. Yeah. Terrible human. Well, every six months, I <laughs> go through guy. and refresh. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Terrible human. <laughs> Uh, okay. Let's get into, uh, Warhammer at some point, I guess. Um, I've actually recently become a Lord of the Rings guy. (laughs) Not the first time we've heard that, oddly enough. (laughs) I know, and I'm looking for people to become Lord of the Rings guys with me. Uh, this isn't where you get to plug your other podcast. (laughs) That is not... Is this your sixth podcast? That has to be a paid advertisement. (laughs) I charge very hefty. Oh. Do you call it Lord Hammer? <laughs> oh my gosh. Copyright. <laughs> Lore of the Rings. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we- it's funny, actually. So, for anyone listening, like, I get this question a lot where people ask me, like, why do, why, why Lore Hammer? Like, what is Lore Hammer? And I give them that blank stare, like, what do you, what do you mean, like, Lore Hammer? Like, a story and then Hammer, because Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, Lore like, like, it's a lame pun. But how do you not make that connection? Yeah, and it was so weird because I've had multiple yeah. people say that. Same. So for anyone listening, lore is... 
it's a well, it's a real word, but it's the verbal passing down of stories or traditions. Yeah. So, like, literally, what we're doing, like, verbally sharing, like, the story, not really traditions, but the story of Warhammer. That's the traditions lore. of genocide. <laughs> uh, my favorite family tradition. <laughs> Thank you, Father Emperor. Uh, no, but like, what we're doing is lore. Yeah. And and I honestly, yeah, I had two people ask me like, what is lore? And I, you just blank staring like. Yeah, okay, I, so there's I had lore, like a brain and there's hammer, yeah. and we put lore hammer together, and they still staring. Yeah, I had I had a serious brain fart when yeah. they were. And like, at that what point, you it? basically just have to unfriend them from my Facebook account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're no longer worth it. Dye your hair all ties. Yeah. yeah, dye your hair black. Delete them from your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and your name's Chad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I have a question for you guys. Uh, and the question is, what is your favorite media for Warhammer? What is what is the way you best enjoy Warhammer? Uh, Mark, let's get your answer first. Um, so my favorite uh, recently, and by recently I mean like the past like year and a half, has definitely been podcasts. I love podcasts. Like I just put it in at work and I listen to 40 hours of podcasts a week, if not more. And some of my, well, a lot of my Wait, Warhammer. Mark. A work week is only 40 hours. I have a shitty job <laughs> that requires not only my heart and soul, but yeah. also my blood. So. <laughs> blood, sweat, and sacrifice. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so my favorite media is definitely podcasts. Um, some of the big ones I listen to, uh, like the independent characters, like I'll listen to them if I'm kind of just in a casual mood for like any Warhammer conversation. Like they kind of just have a good coverage of everything. Then like if I'm kind of in like a fluff or like a lore... Or, Rules crunchy mood. I'll listen to like Masters of of the Forge. No, not Masters of Forge. Narrative. Forge the narrative. Yeah. yeah, sorry. And then like there's a couple other ones like uh, that I'll just listen to depending on my mood, and I'll kind of just stack them up, and then one day I'll just listen to ten episodes. You know, you just blow them all out. Just blow them all out. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, we've all like, been there. Yeah. No. So anyone listening to this podcast, like, you know what I mean? Like, podcasts are sweet. So definitely my favorite media or way to enjoy the hobby right now and has been for the past like year and a half has definitely just been podcasts huh it's just such a, it's such a crazy turnaround from like what the hobby is right like it's almost it's your ideal of it has transcended you don't even need to touch plastic anymore you just need the sound waves oh i still touch the plastic <laughs> i don't want to know what you do with your plastic the that's, best that's is between you and your garage <laughs> The best is when I'm, like, sitting on the couch with the wife, and we're just watching, like, you know, Netflix or whatever, and then I'll stand up, and a bit will fall, like, out of my hoodie or something. <laughs> and I kind of out make of that, Out of a fat like, roll? Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you just kind of, like, casually pick it up and hope she didn't see it. <laughs> I wasn't rolling. Uh, Christian. Um, probably have to say, just, like, online, just reading articles, um... On, I don't know if you guys have plugged this website before, but 1D4chan, which doesn't take Warhammer super seriously. It's kind of a a joking uh, website, but it delves into the lore and everything of it in a humorous way. Yeah, it's so just, just for, in like a very sarcastic yeah, way. Yeah, and so you're learning, but you're also entertained at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think a, a lot of the reason they do that, too, is to avoid any kind of legal issue that might arise. I don't know about that. I think yeah, because they are very like they they even talk about rules on that site. Yeah, they are not like you can't use them as the codex. Yeah, you yeah. can use them for like little helps, but yeah, yeah. But they have like cool like st- strategy like uh, articles yeah. and stuff there as well. It's along a pretty with cool resource stuff. Actually. Yeah, so yeah. it would be a cool thing even for our listeners if they yeah. 
they could log into that and just check it out. And they have all kinds of other like uh, tabletop games. No, I'm not. This is not a paid advertisement. (laughs) But if they are listening and want to send some money this way. Uh, yeah, so all, like all online forums. I'm assuming yeah, yeah, Reddit's, I also browse, like, Reddit's involved. Yeah, Reddit, I browse uh, the Bolter and Chainsword, like all those, you know, discussions of the fans, com- like uh, communities just, you know, hashing out questions and things about the lore and the backstory and stuff like that. It's yeah. My number one go-to. Now, do you ever uh, participate in these, or are you just solely... I'm read? just a stalker. He's a lurker! Oh, I'm a, a lurker. lurker. Oh, you're the, the worst. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there a reason why you don't... Uh, participate in them or? I find usually by the time I get to any topic, what I would have said has already been said. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah. 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 It, I've yet to find no an article. Thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm part of the hive mind. We all think it's Well, fun. at least then you have contentment. Uh, yeah. Right? Because you're like, ah, yes, someone else has corrected his folly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jordan. Uh-oh. Um, well, I think uh, because I'm not as deep in... In, in the shit as you guys are. <laughs> uh, no, uh, actually Lexicanum. And just clicking hyperlinks for hours. <laughs> Going from yeah. one subject to another. And then, and then before you know it, your internet page looks like Christian's page. Where you have a 120 ad hats yeah. open. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually love reading through the Lexicanum, but it's sort of a black hole like that you never come out of. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the best pages on Lexicanums are the ones where it's like one sentence. And yeah, you're cause, like... Because then you can actually finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no more links have been opened on this page. I fully grasped this topic. And then all of a sudden the word of is hyperlinked and you're like, uh-oh, oh, <laughs> where is this taking me? No, it, it's just like, it just lists a planet and it's like, this planet is in this segmentum. And you're like, huh, I'm glad I know that now. <laughs> And then you move on with your life, you know? I'll remember that forever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, uh, I really, really wish that I did more building. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, that's my favorite one. My favorite is sitting down at a table, cutting bits out of, like, a sprue. And talking smack with a bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, on, on, like, that's my favorite. What I do the most is obviously going to be online, because uh, I don't have a model room in my house. But mainly because it was, it was either with my with my roommate it was either that or me ah. so i i could either choose like a bedroom or a model room uh, i like to sleep on a bed so <laughs> i'm not that's at that not point. very good host quality i think we're gonna have to either you're gonna have to step someone's up gotta game. write someone's gotta write him a letter i think <laughs> um yeah uh so in terms of media what would you like to see like for me i would love to start to see games workshop producing good movies like mm. they had the ultra movie and good movie. games they do have good games they've really stepped that up really they... I've played only a couple and I was disappointed which ones did you play yeah it depends on what you play Warhammer or 40k online okay yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I was one of, and then I played one it was like a strategy game it came out Dawn of War maybe Dawn of War but really you didn't like that I wasn't super into it no hmm do you just not like RTS's no or... I do like RTS's oh cause you play Starcraft yeah yeah I love Starcraft <laughs> but I don't know I it was like like, when did that game come out? Like, eight years ago? It's old, yeah. yeah like, like, so, maybe I'd have to play it again. I, like, I would agree that movies would be the coolest thing to see, but they'll never... It will never be a good movie, because Games, Work- Games Workshop is way too finger-deep in the movie. Like, they want, they want way too much control over the movie, which removes any kind of 
creativity or but, ideas. And and most likely the only person who would be willing to direct it is Yui Bull. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'd rather yeah, like, not have that upon uh, yeah, At that point, I don't want the movie. Yeah. yeah. But, like, like wh- I don't know why they haven't made a good, like, <clears throat> Warhammer movie, though. Like, you were talking about the creative aspect of it, but it's like, they they write hundreds of books each year, and like the creativity is flowing through their books. Like they write bestseller books. True. Like they're, they're... my argument against the movie would actually be Warhammer as a setting might be better suited for a TV series or like a serialized story. I, Just because that. of the I, scale. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like our podcast, right? Like, yeah. Like we're it... seven episodes in, and we still haven't. Been, we're like halfway through our uh, basic outline of the universe, and we yeah. put you know. How many hours? Into yeah, it? ten yeah. plus hours into talking about yeah, it. Good luck just making to a understand movie on the that. basic of I don't, it. I don't know if I agree with that completely, but, though. And my example would be Warcraft. Yeah. How well did the Warcraft movie do, though? It didn't do as well as they thought, but it didn't do as bad as what most people think. So I just looked at this. Uh, Warcraft cost 160 million to make, and it brought in in the box office 437 million. Not as good as they wanted it to be, but not bad yeah definitely by any means right. yeah. but i think it could, they could do a better job i mean like look how good things like game of thrones is doing right they have like a really in-depth like world and i'd like well, to there's see lots that of titties made. in game of thrones <laughs> i there wouldn't be as many Slanish. i had this one guy uh message us and he's like oh how family friendly is is your podcast other podcasts i listen to drop the f-bomb every three words and they talk about if uh, or they talk about space marine genitalia. So I'm trying to refuse the urge to make a space marine genitalia joke on the topic of a TV show. And he failed. Well, I didn't make a joke. I'm just stating the fact that we're family friendly. I'm smiling. <laughs> I don't like that smile. Uh, That's... No, I, I think uh, we've already been rated explicit. Uh, I rated yeah. it explicit. Well, yeah, like, okay, so we do the odds where maybe two or three an episode, but there are yeah. some where they're there. Yeah. We're I not. definitely think we're a little tamer than most. But, anyways, yeah. Space Marine Gelatalia. Right. <laughs> that's a topic for uh, next gonna week's episode. That's going to be a two thumbs up from Eric. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> he wants more. <laughs> that's going to be on my picket sign when I go outside the Games Workshop uh, office. I'll be like, new movie, lots of penis. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even have penis? Who knows? All right, Christian. You were saying about movies. Uh, TV shows. Yes, yeah. TV shows. Okay. Yeah, I just think you could get way deeper into the lore and the but background and the, the history. The yeah. thing with a TV show is, like, to do 40K justice, you'd need a huge budget. Budget and editing. Like, yeah, like, or it would have to be, like, an entirely animated show. Well, that's the other thing. Would you do live action or animated? I If it was a TV show, I would say, like... Attack of the Clones wasn't bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like that. Like Even anim- if it's stylized animated, animation. Yeah, animated would be, I think, a bit more realistic than like live action. But I hated. Well, not realistic. I hated Ultramarines because it was animated. Uh, I think like, it was it, just the subpar storytelling. So I think done. it was more just yeah. It was. It wasn't that it was animated. It was poorly animated. Ugh! It was wretched. Because like, uh, they have this one uh, movie that they some guy's been making for like five plus years or something yeah. about the Lord Inquisitor. Yeah. Oh, and his yeah. animations are sweet. Or like if you look at like the Dawn of War trailers, yeah. those are sweet. Yeah, yeah, but that's Games Workshop. I know, but like... So that's what I'm saying, like, it's not the director who's choosing, like, who's like, I absolutely love this animation style. Like, Games Workshop is going to have their fingers so deep into anyone who's who's making their movie. Yeah, but I do prefer that they have more control over their IP and you don't have people making, like, wild, super 
inaccurate, like lore but inaccurate. Why can't movies. you have the same <laughs> process through books as through movies? Uh, that's about my favorite. I, I think also the tough thing to do with like is because like you'd be depending a lot on your hardcore fans to be like to go and watch the movie. Yeah. So you'd have to. It's hard for me to see like like Hollywood sticking to the story like as yeah. much as they should. They want to have a broader and audience. Yeah. And yeah. The thing about it is that the but universe you're gonna, like alienate your own fan base. Yeah. Yeah, the galaxy is so large. And a lot of things are so open-ended, you could pretty much write a script, and if it involved Space Marines killing a bunch of, like, an alien invasion on a backwater planet, yeah, how bad would you really mess that up? Yeah. That's true. But, I, I like, the concepts of the warp or the emperor and stuff, yeah. like, getting those right yeah. would be, I think, would be tough to yeah. do in a movie. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Anything else? Anyone wants to put in on that? Um, no, I think, uh... I think we're Gucci. Good to go. Alright, so, uh, an amendment that, uh, Christian pointed out to me, uh, was during the Orc episode, I said it? Uh, no, it was the last, last episode before this one. Um, the Great Crusade. Oh, which correction? Pre-Imperial? I don't know, you make a lot of mistakes. I'm not around. It was when we (laughs) talked about, uh, Lionel Johnson. Yeah, that was the Great Crusade. And I said that he was a Games Workshop writer. Yeah. But... Uh, he's, he's a poet, and he should have known that. <laughs> Now's not the time How to try your rapping. About that? <laughs> Just came to me. That's why I was so yeah. bad. He's yeah. a, a poet. He was a poet uh, in the eight, in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, and yeah. his yeah. name was Lionel Lionel Johnson. And yeah, he wrote the Dark Angel. Yeah, a poem called the Dark Angel, yeah. which is like a not so subtle nod from Gim's Workshop. Right, they're full of them. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, yes. <laughs> I was partially right good now that we got that <laughs> off the table okay you know. it was weighing heavily on me <laughs> <laughs> upon his soul uh addendums these are the things we're gonna add um last time we talked about the crusades um apparently we failed to mention the scale of the crusades yeah and uh we definitely didn't mention the imperial navy and the mechanicum right like they're there but they're supporting characters so let's talk yeah. about the scale of the great crusade um, it's a galaxy-spanning crusade, which, if anyone knows anything about space, the galaxy's massive. Like, you can't even comprehend it, it's so big. I can comprehend it. No, you can't. <laughs> I just I'm Googled do- I'm it. I'm doing it right now. No. <laughs> I am currently comprehending the size of the galaxy. You're a it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> wow, I love it. So good. Yeah, so they sent out, like, thousands of fleets with millions of guys in each ship, like, millions of everything like yeah, this is they, no small undertaking. yeah it wasn't just uh the 20 legions and they're like doo, 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 let's go take three planets you know like it was like they conquered the entire galaxy with millions of troops and with the aid of the mechanicum and the imperial navy or army which is basically like regular folk regular soldiers yeah whether they're conscripts or elite trained elite trained or yeah yeah whatever. that's just everything that is like a human and isn't a space marine yeah yeah they might go to one planet where the humans are even wearing power armor. Which um, has happened, yeah. Yeah. But they're still not space marines. They're still classified right. as, like, Imperial yeah, Army. Yeah, they're not... They don't have the gene seat. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, like... So, lots of people. So yeah. The scale is that it. this is, like, involving all of humanity, which has had thousands of years to spread across the stars. Okay, so now let's talk about the uh, Remembrancers. Christian. 
Yeah, so uh, just to kind of touch on uh, the Adeptus Terra. So as the Great Crusade was expanding, uh, the Emperor started laying down like a bodywork of bureaucrats and rulers and uh, administrators to run the Imperium behind the behind the front lines, let's say. Um, so part of that was uh, the Remembrancer Order, which was started as like the world's greatest poets and writers and speakers, um, uh, the greatest artists to go and document the Great Crusade as it was unfolding. Yeah. One thing to note, too, is uh, one of the, uh, like, the actual guy who founded it was Malkadoy the Sigilate, who founded the Remembrancers. And we've mentioned him before, too, the Emperor's right-hand man. He thought it was a good idea to record, actually, what's happening. Yeah, where, where the Emperor is not, like, a sentimental person, he saw no need, necessarily, to, like, record this stuff. Yeah. But it can double as, like, propaganda used to uh, solidify a greater human empire, yeah. right? To where have the, a common history. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, Malkador the Sigilite actually seen that and decided to use it. Yeah. So well, tell us more about Remembrancers. Uh, yeah, just not mo- much more to add. But uh, they were attached to the Imperial fleets to the front lines. Um, some Primarchs even had their own cadre of Remembrancers around them. Uh, depended from Legion to Legion, each one had their different attitudes towards having civilians on the front lines. Uh, people like... F- um, Lehman Russ. Lehman Russ hated having remembrances around. He thought, you know, uh, you need a weapon to be on the front line, right? He only wanted soldiers. Whereas uh, Primarchs had appreciated the arts, like uh, uh, Fulgrim or Horus, who was more of a diplomat, were able to like incorporate the remembrances better into the front lines to give them like, a behind-the-scenes look uh, at life as they were conquering and, the galaxy. And really, too, like... It was propaganda, too. Like, it's not just... I'm sure they were not giving accurate details. Like, when somebody, like, remembered sort of painting a picture of the Great Crusade, he's not... I don't think they, anyhow, they would be drawing, like, space marines getting massacred. Even if they won the battle, like, they're not drawing that. They're drawing the typical, like, Games Workshop art that we see, where it's, like, space marines on a top, on a pile of dead bodies winning the war with a flag. Like, yeah. They're, they're doing that. Like, I'm sure a lot of it was propaganda. Yeah. The other thing, too, is uh, for a lot of space marines, um, space marines are, like, on another level than common humanity, right? They have a hard time understanding regular humans. So a lot of times, the only interaction space marines would have with regular humanity was through these remembrancers. Uh, in the There's a few books that tell the stories of these remembrancers on the front lines who um, kind of bridge that gap between space marines and common humanity, which does play a role in, like, the greater heresy and some of the attitudes that come up during that period. Yeah. which we'll touch on in a bit. Yeah. There's, um, when we were talking about the Remembrancers before, uh, I just had this image in my mind of, uh, like, this battle happening, like, Space Marines fighting orcs, and uh, just this picture of, like, because you said artists, and that's what triggered it in my brain, but this, uh, just like a ribbon dancer, <laughs> just, like, floating between the lines of like like there's like bolt guns firing and like he's majestically dead right dodging everything like exactly that's no that's exactly what i picture like yeah, some yeah. kind of like kung fu mystical ability to like not get hit by anything mm. but like beautiful very beautiful right no like, <laughs> interpretive and, dance is the right, highest exactly. level of art like his soul was being crushed at all the destruction and the only way he could like fully release it and talk about it was through his interpretive ribbon dance. And that's what the Imperium needs. Right, and that's what I, that, that is what I like to imagine their role involved. <laughs> I'm glad that's what you think remembrances are. Yeah. It's a good image. It's good. Well, gotta, gotta make it good. 
Make it last. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's it for changes or anything or adding. Add-ons, yeah. So now we're going to uh, tackle the uh, dirtiest shit pile that ever existed. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> in the timeline of 40K. Uh, um, quick preface before we start. Yeah. This is very basic, yeah. and it's not the first time we've said this, and it's not going to be the well, last. Well, we keep getting comments like, expand more. It's like, we'll get there. We just yeah. need to set the groundworks. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. So this is like, and we are we debated and argued for hours about how we wanted to present this topic. Like, do we want to break it down into six episodes just for the Horus Heresy? Do we, do we like, want to go through it chronological order? Yeah, do we want to go by who did what and not when what happened? And yeah. Do we want to go by geo- like the geography, like what happened where first? And yeah. So there's there's a, many different ways we could have handled it. This was our way. Yeah. To all the haters, you just hate us because you ain't us. Uh, <laughs> no. But if, you just add anus on that. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes <Yeah>. magical. <laughs> Horus uh, heinous? Anus? <laughs> but we know it's simple. Yeah. We know it's really toned back. Even when we're planning it, you know, someone, uh, Mark will say, like, what about this? And I just look at him and I'm like, wait. Wait. Hold on. Reel it back in. Christian's like, you didn't talk about this. And I'll be like, well, we know. We, we can't, mentioned we it. We can't. But in order to talk about that, we need to talk about this. Yeah. So there's a million different things. Yeah. We're giving you a basic foot skeleton. Um, one thing to note, if you are interested in the Horus Heresy, read the Horus Heresy book series. Games Workshop has written, like, 50 books probably now. Yeah, they're, I think, at 50 plus now. Plus, you know, 20 plus short stories, plus audiobooks, plus whatever. And the Forge World uh, codices. Yeah, and yeah. them too. Like, there is so much information, and we are going to get a lot of this wrong, or we're going to miss stuff. Just I because, never say wrong things. <laughs> um, just because not only uh, is the Horus Heresy just massive, yeah. it's also still changing. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Siege of Terra, but technically Games Workshop has not written about the Siege of Terra. And for all we know, when they do write about it, it could be different than what we say. Yeah. So They also they, are not unfamiliar with retcon. Exactly. So we do apologize. I don't um, apologize. I apologize. I apologize for nothing. Yeah. Uh, this episode is going to give you the outline of the Horus Heresy, why it happened, what were the key events in it, and what was the outcome of it. Eventually, we will like to, and we will go back and actually be like, hmm, what was Remote Gilliman's role yeah. in... What, why were the, what were the reasons he yeah. did his actions? Yeah, what was his motivations behind yeah. it? We will do it, but we're just laying the groundwork. Yes. Okay. Um, and one other final thought, if you do like this... There's a podcast called After Ulanor. They It's a Horace Heresy book club. If you really want to get into, like, their the people's motivations and, like, the themes in each book, they they do a great job of it. Nice. So. Okay. Well, without further ado, then, um, roll up the sleeves and get in. Horace Heresy. <clears throat> uh, the first topic we're going to start with is the corruption of the legions. So this happens... Yeah. On Davin. Yeah. First first with the word bearers, we did talk about... Um, yeah, where we left off, basically, was uh, with Monarchia. Yeah. And that's Logar and the word bearers basically being uh, rebuttaled by the Emperor, who sent Rebut Gilliman and Malkador the Sigilite. Yeah. And basically told uh, Logar, get your get your stuff in order. You're not, you're not a preacher. You're supposed to conquer planets... 
for the Imperium. We don't care if you, you convert, know, everyone. convert everybody. That is not your goal. We yeah. got people behind you doing stuff like that. Not really for the Imperial faith, but they got people behind them setting right. up the infrastructure. This is where, like, like, the Adeptus Terra steps in. Exactly. Yeah. But, so that's really where the the corruption really begins. Yeah, that, if, if you were to try and pinpoint it, yeah. Like I I would point it there. Yeah. Right? Cuz that's that's kind of when Lorgar's vision of the emperor gets shattered. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of a sudden he's like my father doesn't like what I'm doing. Yeah, Everyone he gets has that little daddy crack issues. In his, armor. his psychic armor. Yeah, his psychic armor. Psyche armor. Psychic armor. Cuz not psychic, he's just yeah. No, no, Anyways, no. yeah. Um that's kind of where it all starts cuz I feel like who really starts it is a space marine from the Word Bearers called Erebus. But if it was just him and he didn't have the backing of a Primarch, the heresy would not have gone very far. So let's right. talk or about... Or it would have had to go on an entirely different route. Exactly. Yeah. So so the way it worked here is yeah, that... Yeah, let's talk about Erebus. Yeah, so Erebus um, was on a battle and... Okay, so Erebus is from uh, the planet where Monarchia was. Uh, no, sorry, Cold no, Harris. he's from... Yeah. yeah, he's from the original planet. Yeah, he's yeah. from Lorgar's homeworld. Home world. Yeah, yeah. Home along world. with his father figure, Corferion. Yeah, they not both father. No, not his biological father, but right. the man who adopted Lorgar as a child. Yeah. yeah. So, and on this planet, it's a very religious planet. Extremely religious. Yeah. yeah. They they worshipped many things, and uh, they had different views on different things, and there's cults everywhere. Yeah, it makes it really makes me think of like ancient Greece when I think about it, like pantheons and like many different gods and like a very enlightened society. Yeah. Like that's what I think of when I hear it explained. Sure. But so Erebus, um, at some point went to Davin and it's on Davin. So backtracking a little bit, um, the, during the great crusade, um, and Lorgar, <laughs> after Lorgar's corruption. So Lorgar, goes on a self-searching crusade into the warp um, and has visions. And the retcons begin. No, because he goes to Davin. So Erebus goes to Davin twice. Yes. Does he? He does. He absolutely he does. does. Okay, he goes but, okay. the first time to learn right. about the serpent. Thank you, Mark. Okay, the first, time, the first time... Is Erebus, that before or after he corrupts It's Lord before, Lord. because it's 60 years difference between in the time. Yeah. Okay. So, Erebus goes to Davin. Yeah. This is where he learns about the Serpent Lodge. Well, in combination, because he came from that religious planet. Yes. He kind of, he didn't know about the Chaos Gods, but yeah. he kind of had... You have, like, the, an, uh, an, understanding an understanding that there's or, something or, else. Uh, a longing for more. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, so then when he goes to Davin on the Serpent Cults, then he really finds out. Right. And that's when Erebus is turned. The yeah. first time he goes to Davin. Yeah. Okay. Now, fast track forward... Monarchia, the burning of Monarchia has happened. Logar has just been reprimanded for worshipping the Emperor. That's the crack that Erebus needs yeah. to really push. Yeah. So, one thing to note about Primarchs is they're, they're super focused. Like, yeah. And they, they have, like, their thing. Exactly. Like, because they're the best, and when they're the best, they become the best at one thing. And yeah. they've kind of Master all of a their trade. things into it. So, Erebus's thing was, like, worshipping the Emperor, turning people in the Imperium towards worshipping the Emperor. So do you mean to say Lorgar? Oh, who did I say? Erebus. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Lorgar the Primarch. Yeah. Um, so when he was no longer allowed to worship the Emperor, that took away, like, like a his, part of it. Yeah, his like, purpose. His, his identity. Purpose, yeah, yeah, his identity. So Erebus is like, now's the perfect time 
to start to tell Logar about these other gods. Right. Who are powerful. Yeah. And worthy of being worshipped. Yeah. Yeah. And is it at this point they take the pilgrimage to the island? This is when they take the pilgrimage, yes. Because Logar doesn't just go there on his own accord. Like, Erebus is very much a sneaky snake person. Yeah. And he guides... Corferon is involved in this, isn't he? Uh, Corferon also is involved with, like, the worship of chaos behind uh, the back of his pre-mark, uh, Lorgar. Yeah. So the two of them, like, and they're both figures that, uh, that Lorgar respects, right, within his yes. legion. So he yeah. looks up to his father figure. He looks, you know, up to what will be the first chaplain, Erebus. Yeah. So they're both right. in big positions of power. So, you know, when they're whispering their secrets into Lorgar's ear, he's listening. And, yeah. and he wants to believe it, too. Like, oh, you're talking about new religions? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like new religions. You know, like... You're right, yeah. He, like... It's draw. It's drawn to him. That's exactly. his. That's his coke. Yeah. yeah. Everyone needs some crack every once in a while. <laughs> Lorgar's was a new god. Ooh, four. Four new gods. <laughs> four new gods. Oh, I hit the crack jackpot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So jackpot. after um, after Monarchia happens, they go into the Eye of Terror. Yeah. And, and this is when they fully learn about like yeah the chaos gods, and like basically make a pact with them. Pact. Well. It, it, it kind of. It would be I don't a think it's like an actual like. Yeah, this isn't Moloch. This yeah. isn't Moloch. No, no, no. Like, yeah. but you would think at that point they're like, yes, like we're worshiping you now. Like, yeah. I don't think it was. Sorry, There's pact, an understanding. Yeah, yeah, pact was not the it, right it, word. Yeah, but, more like a revelation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a turning point where they they could have chosen to like, oh my gosh, like I would never worship you. You're evil, and but they make the decision to like, you are our gods now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then they come back. And um, I don't really think we're going to talk about anything until the point when Erebus goes back to Davin with Horus. Is there um, anything else? Well, there's there, there's something that we'll mention okay. uh, real quick. Um, and that's just, like, you. I think you asked me, like, oh, why didn't, like, why isn't it called the Logar heresy? Or you said something Yeah, like that. I said why. Uh, the question I had was, why did they have to go... To Horus, like one yeah. of the, like the goals of chaos, like when you'll when you read the books, is that they actually tried to get to Horus specifically. Yeah, yeah. And, and why did they? I want ruminated him? that, like my thought was that I posed to Mark was, well, is it because he's the War Master, and he was like responsible for the Great Crusade? And I said, yeah, that's part of it. But the big reason is like why they didn't just directly lose Logar. Logar was not liked. He was not the strongest. He was not the best combatant. No one really liked him because he wasn't conquering the most worlds. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think it specifically says that he was the weakest Primarch. If not, maybe Alpharius and Omicron. Oh but, um, so that's why they go to Horus. So, Logar's first yeah, so, step... So they just felt they couldn't use Logar because he... He does he, not have enough sway. Yeah, he's not the character that they they could use to persuade the other people. Mm-hmm. They need someone more well-liked. Exactly. Yeah. When when the when the dirty kid tries to tell you what to do, it's one thing. When, like, the gold child tells yeah, you to do it... Yeah, the emperor's favored son. It's another. Yeah. So okay. they need to put into plans ways to start to get the Horus. Yeah. And the way they do that is he sends... Logar sends Erebus to Horus to be an equerry, to be an advisor. And Erebus, like I said before, he's a snake. Like, he knows exactly what to say, when to say it, and he he can read people very well yeah. to, like, understand people's, like, character flaws and their, like, their thought processes. Uh, just to cut in a little bit, too, um, Lorgar didn't just send 
word bearers to Horace's fleet. He actually sent them to a lot of the Primarchs. Yeah. yeah. So his goal was to try and influence as many as he could. Yeah, yeah. Not, the, not, yeah. Also the warrior lodges. That's something. So that came out of yeah. his sending of his... Uh, yeah, so let's explain what those are. So on Davin, they had a serpent lodge, which is kind of, it was just, it was a building, but it was more of like a group of people who worshipped chaos. Yeah. Right? And it's just a community of people who would go together and worship, yeah. really like a church or a cult of a religion, but they called it the serpent lodge. Yeah. When Erebus uh, and Lorgar and all the word bearers actually get um, corrupted, yeah. they start then they start spreading to these other legions and they start warrior lodges. Yeah. And what these are basically like they describe them. It kind of changes depending on the legion, but in most legions, they were a place where everyone could go and be equals where this is how they started. Right. Everyone yeah. kind of has, there's no more rank. Everyone has equal say, and they kind of just become close. Like it's, like, it's a like, like a fraternity. Exactly. Yeah. Like, because when you live your whole life in military... A very and you're, strict, yeah, Oh, absolutely. Like, your captain is your captain, and he's your captain whether you're in uniform, yeah. in the mess hall, or whether he's on the battle. Yeah. But then it's different once you're in a warrior lodge where you can actually... See each other's equals. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's how they start to kind of start to spread ideas. Like, they kind of weed out the ones that they're like, oh yeah, that's not going to be a... He's not going to turn to chaos. But, right. like, you can kind of guide conversations to see where they, they're at. And, the, and stir discontentment. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be chaos, but, like, hey, you know, the Great Crusade's not going the way you thought it should be, yeah, right? Like, like what uh, are your gripes about it? The the one big thing that um, would happen, too, was the Space Marines started to, like, they're getting to the end of the Great Crusade, and they were starting to feel like relics. Like, they're like... What is once, their role in the new Imperium? Yeah, like, once we conquer the galaxy, what left is there for us? We conquer the galaxy. The ga- galaxy should be ours to rule was one of their biggest gripes. Uh, well, the Emperor will probably kill them all on a mountain. That's, <laughs> like, that's my guess. So. Makes sense. So let's go back to Horus and yeah. uh, so Erebus. They're, they're seeding through all the legions. You have something to say about the yeah. warriors? Uh, no, yeah, just about the whole, like, uh, the Space Marines feeling, like, left out of the Imperium. goes back to with the Adeptus Terra taking over, and they start to manage things that the Space Marines felt that they should be managing. Mm-hmm. So they're feeling like they're being cut out of the Imperium. They're like, okay, we're just expendable cannon fodder. We fight this for this empire. And then at the end of it, we're just thrown as discarded. Yeah. Just like a certain group of warriors right. that Eric had mentioned. Uh, okay. Thunder, thunder, thunder Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, it's kind of just a growing discontentment. Yeah. Yeah. Sense, which yeah. is the timing was perfect. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, once the word bearers start spreading their dirty little fingers in all the legions, at some point, Erebus becomes uh, an advisor to Horus. Yeah. 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 And, and something something that Mark wanted to mention is that, um, what's it, he, the Mornival? Oh, the Mornival. Yeah, so Horus had four members that uh, they were captains, and they were his advisors. Like, one was hot-headed, one was logical, one was... You know, they had different traits so that Horace, yeah, different humors, so that Horace could get like the best understanding and different points of view on sure. different topics. And these aren't just yes men. He, no, they're no. not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're people who are willing to say no to Horace. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Erebus, he becomes basically Horace's yes man. Yeah. Because Horace is like, the, he doesn't need to listen to anybody. No, he doesn't. Like, so when you get that yes man in there, it just stokes your ego exactly. of a person who already believes that he's, if he's not number one, then number two in the yeah. galaxy. Yeah. Which, he's not wrong. Yeah. So, 
so this is where um uh oh yeah so sorry um so over the course of years in the great crusade like this doesn't just happen over a weekend no like this is planned out so eventually like horace stops kind of listening to the mournival and like every time there's like a war meeting just erebus goes with them you know not not quite to that degree i think the mournival is always present but like but it, it, it's pretty to them easy to see exactly. when like, one guy just shuns your advice. Exactly. And, and from someone who, like, you've been fighting with for decades and centuries even, yeah. that's a big blow to someone you thought was, yeah. like, yeah. your best friend, your brother. So Erebus gets right up to Horus. He says all the right things at this right moment, and he knows how to just play Horus. Okay. Now we reach the point where 60 years passes between the very first time Erebus was on Davin, between... Now the sons of Horus are going to Dobbin. Yeah. Did you guys they, go through the whole name change and everything? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if we did, but we did. Okay. Uh, sure. The Ulanor Crusade, yeah. we did. Yes. Uh, when they changed their name, but so they get a dis- distress signal from the moon of Davin. No. Uh, no. Uh, so Horus is uh, leads a campaign against an alien faction, and uh, he's actually mortally wounded, uh, thanks to Erebus's uh, schemes. Well, yeah, that's on Davin. Yeah, but that it's not on Davin. It's a yeah, different. It is, it's guy. a different world. No, it's not. It's on the moon of Davin, guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they go back to Davin on the moon of Davin. They go there because there's a distress signal. There's like a crash spaceship or something like that. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't remember exactly what the not. signal is. It is, and that's where they find the anathem. And you that's know, where the anathem. That's where they get. Wo- that's they where they steal the anathem from an alien race. Guy, that I read. Hor- I literally read the books. I also have read the books. Horus gets wounded in that fight. By that we, plague beast. We do know... From the alien blade that's stolen. Which is the anathem. Yeah, stolen from an alien race. Where's oh, okay, the, so but guess, where's yeah. the alien race? Because an alien race could have been on Davin. It's not on Davin. Right, but all I'm saying is that what really matters <laughs> is that they're on Davin, he gets wounded yes. with this dagger, Yes. which is like... It's just a crazy dagger. and It's like a warp blade, essentially. Yeah, you can't heal past it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's going to kill him. Yeah. Really? Like, this being who, like, believes now, like, Eris, Erebus has been, like, whispering in his ear for all these years. Like, he believes that he's the greatest. And he's yeah. making all these decisions. All of a sudden, he's coming to grips with his mortality, and he does not like it at all. Yeah. Uh, Christian is right. Like, Erebus, does he, he must plant it on the Yeah, moon. so he steals. He steals it from It's the an alien blade, yeah. But... And then he plants it on the moon and gives it to a demon prince. Yeah. Uh, who Horus eventually has to fight. Yeah. Uh, and obviously does it secretly without anyone knowing Yeah, that his hand is involved with it. All right. Uh, Erebus gave the weapon to the traitor governor of the planet Davin. Okay. Yeah. No one's perfect. Yeah, this episode's going to be messy. It's going to be wretched. No, it's going to be great if you like hearing people bicker. <laughs> <laughs> and argue, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So what matters is that... He it gets was, wounded it, by yes. like an un... Unhealable. Un- unhealable wound. Yeah. Maybe if the Emperor had been there. Yeah. Because apparently the Emperor loves to just wipe his, like, hand over knee joints of wounded... <laughs> machines. Machines, and it heals the wounds in the machine. Can machines be wounded? That's my, exactly my point. Anyways. I'm fighting the urge to cry. <laughs> okay. They're bullying me. Uh, Mom, if you're listening, Eric's bullying me. <laughs> it's not the first time. <laughs> uh, so he gets wounded. Who takes him to the Serpent Lodge? Erebus. Erebus. Okay. So Erebus already knows the Serpent Lodge is there. 
Yeah. So he takes Horus to the Serpent Lodge, and Erebus opens up the door to allow... What? Is it... Chaos to basically give Horus visions of the yeah. future. So they have, like, a healer there, like a spirit healer or, like, some kind of holistic... I don't want to say holistic. <laughs> yeah, a, who knows That was a bad word. It. I redact. Um, but basically, our, uh, Horus is alone in this room or with one of these spirit... I'm pretty sure I think he's, he's unconscious, too. Yeah, like... Yeah. And he starts getting crazy visions. Yeah. Um, some of them are, like... It's everything. It's past, it's, future... Yeah, exactly. But, some of them are outcomes of certain events that he did. And uh, one of the big things that happens here is uh there's a member of the Mornival who was like horace's favored son like he loved this guy uh jenster haster sejanus yeah sejanus um and like whatever warp entity took that guy's form oh and haster sejanus dies on the plateau on gavin and he died no he died like years ago years ago and he dies tragically he doesn't just take like a bolter to the head or something like that like he doesn't die in combat he dies tragically Okay. Yeah, because um, the Space Marine doesn't consider dying in battle tragic. No. No. <laughs> um, like, there, there's a diplomatic It was a cough. Yeah, he, went he, bad. Yeah. He had some diarrhea. <laughs> That's not tragic. <laughs> it is to a Space Marine. <laughs> but, so the Warp Entities take his favorite son's appearance. So when he's in, like, this fevered dream state, he's getting led around by Sejanus. And, uh, yeah, we can kind of mention him, too. Well, it's Erebus who uh, takes the form of Sejanus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, Erebus. I thought yeah. you were saying somebody else. No, Erebus but. is the one that directly, like, puts on this mask of Horus's favorite son and starts revealing the secrets of the future to him. Yeah, and starts, like, opening up Horus to the to the gods of chaos, basically. Um, yeah, and the big thing he points out is, um, you know, this could be a vision of the actual future of 40k, where the Emperor is revered as a god. And where Erebus says, like, look, your father always wanted to be a god. Yeah. Or always was looking to get worshipped. Like, the whole imperial truth is a lie. Yeah, yeah. So this is where... The imperial truth is a lie. Truth is a lie. Um, Uh, So this is really, like, Horus's corruption point. This is where he gets corrupted. This is where he truly starts to, like... Plot. Yeah, it's his own plans now. He's no longer following what the emperor wants. Yeah. Um, so since there's a warp blade that wounded him, they basically just stopped the warp power flowing through the wound or whatever. Yeah. So Horus is healed. So it's a miracle. Because Horus was brought back to his flagship. They tried everything to heal him. Yeah. They couldn't do anything. So Horus is like, let's go to the Serpent Lodge. And he does it. Horus is healed. Yeah. And that's, that really, um, kind of signa- signals like the beginning of... Uh, Horus's campaign now to yeah. begin the heresy. Yeah, so he he starts to do what Erebus does, and he starts to kind of like feel out the rest of his brothers. Yeah. For basically, Horus wants to put himself in charge of the Imperium. Of course. And uh, he feels out his brothers and where they lie. He knew he could rely on some. Like there was like Angron. He knew he could count on Angron. Yeah. Angron hated the Emperor. Um, others he. Did, he knew without a chance that they would not join him. Right. So he started feeling out these guys and started sending like, "Hey, have you heard of heresy before?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. So the um, the ones that he knew he could get, yeah. or at least like he was pretty certain. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna list those. Yeah. Uh, that would be Fulgrim. Yeah. Who and- was uh like the emperor's like favorite Primarch like. Like, he knew, 
Yeah, like him and the Emperor. Like, oh, I'm sorry, him and Horus were super close. Fulgrim. Fulgrim and Horus. Yeah, Mark's I, uh, just calling Horus the Emperor now. <laughs> Isn't what? Wait. Uh, yeah. The sorry. fever dreams. Yeah. So he knew he could get uh, Fulgrim. Yeah. And Fulgrim has his own story about yeah, yeah, yeah. his but corruption. We yeah. we would love each, to each talk of these about primarchs it. has their own backstory and how yeah. they're like we're opened up to corruption already. Yeah. yeah. So after Fulgrim, then uh, Mark already mentioned we have Angron, uh, Mortarian. Do we want to briefly just say like a quick sentence on why? Go for it. So Angron, when he was found by the Emperor, he was on a gladiatorial planet, and like uh, Angron rebelled. And like tried to do like a slave uprising and was fighting like the the slave leaders on the planet. And during the final battle, where all was lost for Angron and his army, the Emperor teleported Angron away and let his army get slaughtered. So Angron never liked the Emperor. Like he's like, You took me away from my brothers. Yeah. Like and you didn't save them. You could have stopped them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're the Emperor, like why don't you do anything? The Emperor doesn't give a rip. Yeah. He's so like, You're my tool, I've created you. Like, you're gonna I, do what I need you to do. Yeah, I need yeah. you. Yeah. And in the scheme of the galaxy, this small battle means nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what happened to Angron. Mortarion. Um Why did Mortarion fall? Just kinda Uh yeah, off the top of my head, I don't really know. But, just was uh, a bad guy. He was just bit- <laughs> something about bitterness. He was bitter against the emperor for some reason. I I, I think that's really, really, really yeah. That that's most. gonna be most of them. None yeah. of them are like I just like him. He's a great guy. I just think Horace could do a better job. Like, <laughs> for the most of the part, that's not gonna be how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next would be Conrad Kurz. Yeah, he, just a twisted individual. Yeah, he already had some psychological yeah. issues, like deep seated um, problems going on. Dual personality, potentially even. Yeah. And uh, he was he was on his way to actually uh, be censured uh, by the Imperium because of his overzealous uh, campaigns, let's say, where yeah. he would you know massacre yeah. whole civilian populations unnecessarily. Yeah, above and beyond the brutality yeah. of war. Yeah. Um, Porterabo. Um, I think Porterabo's main thing was like so. Porterabo's specialty <laughs> was like siege warfare and stuff like that. Um, he was sent to a lot of planets after they were already conquered and sent as a garrison force. And there's another Primarch called uh, Rogel Dorn, who was also super good in siege warfare. Yeah. But the difference was the Emperor treated Rogel Dorn way better, and he gave Rogel Dorn, like, all the prestige... The crappiest job. Or, no, Rogel Dorn, the best yeah, jobs. Yeah. All the best jobs. Where Protorabo was sent to just, like... There's a castle over there. We need you to take it. Oh, but I'm going to lose all my men. We need you to take it. He got all the shit work, yeah, like yeah. digging trenches and stuff like that. So he kind of had that grudge where he... Yeah. he There's that bitterness. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alpharius Omegon. Oh, you could do a whole episode on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. One on each of them. Wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, no. Have I said too much? <laughs> um, yeah. Something um, simple or... Horus and uh, Alpharius were always close. Horus is actually the one that find Alpharius. Yeah. So, yeah, Alpharius... And, like, the story of them fighting, like, Alpharius sneaks onto Horus's ship with a bunch of men and basically, like, fights his way to Horus's, like, chamber. Kills a bunch of men. And then they finally see each other and they're like, oh, we're brothers. And they have a good time. They laugh. You know, there's dead bodies <laughs> Shrug it all off. around. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. Expendable. So, What's a yeah. few bodies between brothers? So Horus <laughs> knows this, but he doesn't know the truth of the Alpha Legion and gotcha. Alpharius. And so, neither does anyone else. Yeah. Which we'll get into that yeah. maybe just a touch, but um, later. A couple... Now? No. No. Well... There's no reason to. No? Okay. 
Just know um, that they sided with Horus. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the Alpha Legion, the Alpha Legion went traitor. Yeah, and the other thing Debatably. too, like uh, <laughs> the Alpha Legion was the last Legion to be found. He never met the Emperor. I don't think that's not confirmed. I couldn't find. No, it, fi- it is. I the Alpha couldn't... Legion is the last Legion. No, to be that found. one is. Oh. But there's. I couldn't find it anywhere that says he doesn't meet him. The Emperor was still on his crusade when that happened, so it's very possible. That Either way, Horus like adopted him yes. under his wing a lot exactly. more than the Emperor ever did. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so it's gonna the, the if relationship. Him and, if him and the Emperor did talk, it would have been brief. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why he fell. Yeah. Well, part, part of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Horus think he fell. <laughs> he fell. Um, two other things we're going to mention in this that aren't actually part of the Astartes uh, would be the Fabricator General Kelbor Howe of the Mechanicum. Yeah, so we were talking about earlier, the Mechanicum basically what makes all the weapons, they make the ships, and they have their own, like, army. army. Yeah. Like, because during the Age of Strife... Like, like they, they supply. Were, they supply the war machines to the Empire. Yeah, because during the Age of Strife, uh, when humanity was separated, they needed armies to defend their own territory. So they were already, like, a superior technologically advanced like subsect of the imperium yeah. like they they really are like their own empire yeah. within yeah. the imperium and it's it's kind of just a mutual benefit yeah. so that the empire has with it how did horus corrupt cowboy how um so the big thing about the mechanicum is that they're always looking for information they always want to learn things especially like leftover technology from the age of strife stcs stcs standard yeah. template constructs are the most, as you guys mentioned before in a previous podcast, are like the most prized possessions in the Imperium. Yeah. The knife like, one. You, can, yeah, the you get a world knife. for a knife. <laughs> yeah. So Horus, who's already like leading this galaxy-spanning crusade, promises um, the Mechanicum all the STCs that they find. And one other big thing he promises them, freedom to advanced technology. Yeah, because so of all the point, regulations yeah, from the, the AI. AI. Point, exactly. Yeah, it's super heavily regulated where Horace is like, you do you. Like, as long as you get me out of me, yeah, you yeah. can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And I'll give you these things. So, yeah, okay. um, the, the temptation thing, of forbidden knowledge. Yeah. The other uh, thing he corrupts is half the Imperial Army. and uh, Which is a lot of people. This, <laughs> yeah. to me, is awfully tragic, though. Because the Imperial Army <coughs> army gets shafted either way. Like, a lot of the Imperial Army fights for Horus because they know that if they don't, they're going to get killed. Um, like, there's oftentimes where Horus will go to a system and he'll send, like, a distress... Or not a distress, like, a warning. Like, if you guys fight me, I will kill you. So a lot of them just join them because they're like, you know... the How do you fight the Star Gods? How, how do you fight them? And the Emperor is not going to save us. Yeah. Like, the galaxy is too big. The Emperor can't be anywhere, everywhere at once. So they just join them. That happens a lot. And also you get those corrupted humans that are just yeah. like... Some yeah, who are like, oh, finally, yeah. Like, yeah. I, can well, do it, I can give in to my mad raven. Not to under, yeah. underestimate Horus's influence either. Like, Horus is, like, number two in the galaxy, right? So what do you do when, like, yeah. the emperor, like, these gods, Horus and the emperor, are pitted yeah. against each other? Yeah. You pick a side, right? Yeah. You have to. You yeah. can't stay in the middle. And, like, Horus, too, when he turns to chaos, like, at this point, he's not, like, sprouting tentacles and, like... No. We worship the dark gods! You know, he's not saying ridiculous stuff like yeah, that. Like, yeah. he's still it's the very favorite subtle. son who's, like, put all this work in to conquer the galaxy. Him and his legions did all this, you know, like... And yet, yeah, to, to further solidify his, like, control over the Imperial Army, the Emperor's gone back. He's like, yeah. hey, I'm the guy that's on the front lines with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Stick yeah. with me, right? The Emperor yeah. abandoned you like he abandoned me. Yeah. yeah. So, to me, they're, it's awfully tragic, because it's just, like, either side they choose, they lose. They're yeah. just expendable, like... 
where where uh, the Mechanicum you're, you're guy so, like like the Imperial Army is so far down the food yeah. chain. Where like the Mechanicum Mechanicum guy was like offered stuff like here have this have this. Where yeah. the Imperial Navies is like do this or you're gonna get killed. Like yeah. either way you're gonna get killed. Um, There's no good answer for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have I have three Primarchs listed here that um, Horus thought he could turn and yeah. didn't. Which would be uh, Ferris Manus, yep. Jag Hatai Khan, yep. and Lion L. Johnson. Yeah, and the reason for most of them is just, um, like just Jag Hatai Khan and Lion L. Johnson. They're kind of they were kind of secretive and kept to their own devices, and like they they were hard to read. So yeah, yeah. Horace is like, ah, they might join me. Like I don't really know them all that well, but like neither does the Emperor. They might join me. Right. And then uh, yeah, Ferris Manus. He was super close with Fulgrim, who was super close with Horus. Right. So he was going to play off uh, Fulgrim's and Ferris Manus' relationship to try to get him to join. Because like, at this point, too, let's keep in mind, again, that Horus is not sprouting tentacles. Like, yeah, yeah. He is not, like... he's No one's making, like, open promises with no. him. Yeah, and he's like, super charming, and, like, all the same qualities he had that made him good are yeah. still there. So when, Now he's like, just posing other questions yeah. to So people. when Fulgrim, like, goes to Ferris Manus, it's, it's very much that... Uh, well, we're doing all this work, like, Horace should be in charge, you know? Like, he he's not going there saying, hey, have you heard of Slanish? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, something I really want to mention, there is another Primarch that turned. Um, <clears throat> he's a traitor. <laughs> His name is Magnus. <laughs> Mark and I... <laughs> we got almost... We almost came to blows last night over this conversation. Um... Magnus is the tragic tale of the Horus yeah. Heresy. It really is. Like, when you first, like, he is lumped in with the traitors. Yeah. And he is. Him, he and, is. him yeah. and his. Everyone has a choice. Yeah. They, and he they, made a choice. Yeah. They fight for chaos. But when you find out how it happened, like, it's. It's tragic. It's sad. Yeah, it is a little. Like, you sure, at any point he could have said no. Yeah. But it's, it was a little, it was a little, um, what's it called? When I, unexpected, the yeah. story his story was unexpected for yeah. me because it really was surprising to hear. Like, well, because he eventually be- Magnus eventually becomes one of the Chinch's like main man, like one of the big four chaos gods' main man. So you'd think, yeah. like, oh yeah, that's one bad dude, yeah, but he's he wasn't, yeah. And, and his, his, like, do we want to talk about it real quick? We can sum it up in 10 sentences. Go I for can it. Sum it up. A little bit is involved with Horace's visions on Davin, exactly. So, um. Magnus is an extremely powerful psyker. His legion... Second to the Emperor? Alcador? I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say there. he's above... Top uh, three, at least. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he's the second. So, ah, whatever. Um, we'll argue about power levels later. Yeah. <laughs> over 9,000? <laughs> oh, it's much over 9,000. So, when Horus was being corrupted by Erebus in the Serpent Lodge, Magnus actually sent his spirit to try to help guide Horus to the right path. And he's seen what was happening but he could not change it because um, he was not there physically. He had to stretch his soul across the galaxy. Yeah, across, I mean, where, this guy is sending a vision across the galaxy. Yeah, where Erebus could just kind of block him out and yeah. keep him at bay. So when this happens, uh, Magnus is like, oh, shit, heresy. Yeah, yeah. As one is to say. Uh, so he goes and he astral forms himself all the way to Terra, to the Emperor, and to his secret project, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. And he basically wrecks the secret project, and the Emperor gets pissed off. Yeah. And uh, he was, all, like, 
the big thing about the Imperium is they don't like psychic powers. Like, they don't want you to know about the warp powers. And there's, like, a council at well, one Well, safety point. through ignorance. Yeah, there's a council at one point that called the Council of Nikea. Or the Trial of Magnus. Yeah, which specifically, like, banned psychic powers. Yeah. And what turned out was, like, Magnus, if you use psychic powers again, you're going to get a lot of trouble. Yeah. So then when he uses a psychic To, to the powers, point of where the Emperor explicitly says, like, I was reading a quote, it yeah. says, uh, anyone who disobeys my word on this is my enemy. Yeah, exactly. And that is not a place you want to be. Yeah, so Magnus sends his spirit all the way to Terra. Breaks the... Breaks, breaks not only the psychic like the psychic ban, but also breaks the Emperor's, like, secret project that, like, was his, like, most favorite thing. Like, yeah. He so left a great crusade to go work on this yeah. thing. Yeah. And so it's he was wrecked. best. He's best. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is, uh, the Horus Heresy isn't fully, uh, like, happened yet. But the seeds of it are happening. Yeah. It's in play. So the the Emperor tells Layman Russ to go get Magnus and bring him back to Terra. For for punishment. For for punishment. Yeah. yeah. What happens is Horus interrupt uh, intercepts that message and says to Layman Russ, the leader of the Space Wolves, kill like burn Prospero, kill Magnus. Like, yeah, Prospero is the likely planet. And Magnus jumps at it because he doesn't like psychers, blah 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 blah. But so basically, the takeaway from this is uh, Magnus is attacked on his home world. His entire planet is destroyed, all because he tried to warn the Emperor that Horus was falling to chaos. Right. And that's what makes it tragic. Then Horus. Right, because at this point, he's already pinned as a traitor, kind of. Yeah, and Horus sends another Loyalist Legion to go wipe him out. Like, so he's backed into a corner, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's like if enough people call you something, like they won't listen. Become, yeah, and yeah, they, they start like threatening physical harm on you. Right, like, like you, I'm going to fight back. No matter, no matter of words is going to change their mind. Yeah. So you just you're forced into it. So yeah. and then the airy spell and everything it gets cool. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we'll get into that. That's but, a huge yeah. thing. But that's basically the takeaway. Like yeah, from Magnus. Um, but he Horace never thought that Magnus would join the the traitors because but, Ma- Magnus knew about it all. Yeah, 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 and like. Kind of cool. Magnus was a good guy. Yeah. But he was forced... He had a choice to, but he made the wrong decision and eventually joins the side of Horus because the loyalists no longer will like him. Right. Okay. That kind of... That kind of covers which premarks turn to which side. Yeah. Do we want to just mention the loyalists again real quick? I don't think we ever did the loyalists. It's everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. But let's just ramble off some names. go for it. Uh, Sanguinius, Ferris Manus... uh, Korax, Vulcan, um, Reboot, Reboot, uh, Rogaldorn, um, there's White Scars, Jack Can, yeah. and one more of some. Lion. Oh, Lionel Johnson, yeah. yeah. So they all stayed loyal. Yeah. So the. The galaxy was split in half, right. literally. I was going to say, the very cinematic, uh, yeah. literally, like. Half of the Primarchs stayed loyal, half of them went traitor. Yeah. Through uh, Horus's interventions in the Imperial Army and through the Mechanicum, half of the Mechanicum <laughs> stays loyal, half of the Mechanicum goes traitor, and then yeah. the Imperial Army is gobbled up half and half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
At this point, Horus has kind of turned the minds of the traitors. Not openly. Not openly, yes. And this is where the subtle purging starts happening. Yeah. Uh, and the purging is now all of a sudden you have the leader of the Legion who kind of <coughs> believes in, in Horus and his vision of what the Imperium should be. Yeah. But now it's how do you translate that to the 100,000 Marines under your control? Yeah. Right, it, there's no way that you're going to get a hundred percent success rate, and everyone's going to follow yeah. along with everything you say. Yeah. So you get to the point of how do you silence the dissenters? Yeah. And we get to the purging of the legions, and it was done slowly. Yeah, just sending them on like suicide missions at first. You know, you're always on the vanguard if you're, you know, horses feeling out which guys are on his side through which the guys warrior aren't. lodges, right? Yeah. Exactly. Be... Right. You're not in a warrior lodge. Okay, you're on the front lines, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, it starts subtly at first, right? Like. You know, you get the hardest missions, the ones with the most likely there's a casualty. Yeah. You know, you're going to take casualties and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the split, too, comes from uh, Terran-born versus space marines that were born on the home worlds. Yeah. So you have, like, some space marines are obviously super loyal to the Emperor and were around since the Great Crusade started. So they're yeah, obviously and, not going to turn. And literally grew up on Terra. Yeah. And, and had that loyalty to And Terra. then you have space marines that were raised by their pre-marks, right? And yeah. they're obviously yeah, more there loyal to the There would be differences, yeah. Yeah. So they, sure. they, they Well, because some, some would have been fighting with the Emperor back yeah. in the days before Before the primarchs the, were found. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a good, good distinction to yeah. make, for sure. And then you have <coughs> more, you know, subtle executions of uh, some higher-ranking space marines, you know, bolter in the back of the head in the back alley kind of thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, I like in the they... washroom, <laughs> in the washroom of their massive hmm. uh, spaceship. Unfortunately, suicided. <laughs> <laughs> they even left suicide notes. Yeah. Suicided with two bolter shells to the back of the head. Yeah, to the back of the head. Yeah. They said, "Do not think anything suspicious." <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened yeah. here. <laughs> but that that would be. Um, I I more see that as happening closer to the culmination. Yeah. Of it, because if all of a sudden, uh, like executions started happening. Like, immediately, people, people are raising their eyebrows, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's when things start getting to a boiling point. All the shadows are growing together. Ideas, things that were only whispered about are now being talked about. And then yeah. they start being yelled about. And it all, um, <clears throat> it kind of reaches a point on Istvan 3, and then it explodes on Istvan 5. So what happens? So Istvan 3, um, supposedly there's uh, a world that has already tried to retract itself from the Imperium. It's some small backwater world that Horus had conquered in the past. Uh, So they go back to quell this rebellion. So what Horus does to finish purging his legion of any dissenters is he gathers up everyone from his legion, uh, Fulgrim's legion, Emperor's children, children, uh, and the Death Guard. And the Death Guard. He gathers all the people he knows are still loyal to the Emperor. Yeah. And sends them down to to destroy to deal with this rebellion on the world. It, on the surface, it looks like any other mission, right? right? Yeah, but like what matters is away from what matters Imperial. is who he picked to do it. Exactly, yeah. and it's very odd how he picks it. Like people people kind of notice, like, oh, why'd you grab half a squad from yeah. this area or this random guy from that area, right? Yeah, and he gathers them all together and sends them onto this world. And uh, so everything goes to plan. You know, they they reconquer this world for the Imperium. And uh, I don't know if Horus was originally hoping that, like, maybe this battle would just kill them off. I sincerely doubt I, that. I, yeah, exactly. Like, the the strength of four legions, they're going to take right. the planet. But at this point... Um, He's gathered all his enemies in one place at one, one time. Out of these legions. Yeah. And uh, there's one guy. His name's uh, Nathaniel Garrow. He's part of the Death Guard. He 
was supposed to go onto that planet, but in like a previous mission, he was wounded and was not fit to be battle ready yet. And somehow he just stayed back and he was a loyalist to the, to the emperor and he stayed back on the ship and kind of was like piecing together like, Oh shit, what's happening here? And he kind of had his suspicions about like rebellion and whatever. Yeah, you can only keep it a secret for so long. Yeah. So eventually it becomes a rebellion. Exactly. Um, and he he ends up getting a message to the people down on the planet. But doing this, he's discovered. So he flees, but his message down to the planet is that, like, oh, like, Horus is going to wipe you out. So Horus has to preemptively, like, try to virus bomb this planet to wipe them all out. But the since Nathaniel Garrow got the message off, the loyalists on the planet were able to take shelter and survive the virus bomb. Yeah. You guys have touched on virus bombs before. Yeah. Like how utterly the, the devastating li- the they are. The life feed of virus bomb. Yeah. 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 Just completely the coolest one there is. Destroys yeah. all life on the planet. Yeah. Um, so that puts a huge rent in, wrench in Horace's plan because now he has to go down to the planet and root out the loyalists. Because at this point too, like, the Horace heresy has not really become... Yeah. This, it's not public. Exactly. Like, only the people in this one so- small star system... Are learning knows. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So they go down to the planet and they wipe them out. They wipe out the loyalists. But there are a couple survivors, and one of the yeah. survivors is Nathaniel Garrow, who is the guy who sent the message. He gets on a Thunderhawk and he's able to head towards Terra. I don't or not know, on a Thunderhawk, sorry. I don't, on a um, I don't know if he actually goes down. He never goes down to the planet. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. He escapes, it's, he escapes them, uh, and he, he goes right from the fleet. Yeah. Goes to warn the Emperor. Yeah, yeah exactly. He goes straight, tries to go straight for Terra. Yeah. Right. That's so, his goal. So the legions, those four legions have now been purged of all loyalists. Um, I just, there's so many cool characters I and know. so many cool parts I in know. that, in Istvan 3. Just, I want people to know <laughs> that I know and... We'll get back to it later. We'll get back to it. Yeah. I'm nodding my head like, yes, I love it. But, um, so, so Nathaniel Garrow goes, he uh, gets picked up, he tells about the Horus Heresy... Yeah. And at this point, the Imperium starts to mount a counterattack. Yeah, they start gathering their intelligence yeah. and like, oh, geez, they're connecting dots and stuff. So. Yeah. But in the meantime, Istvan 5. Istvan 5, so it's in the same system as Istvan 3. And basically, it's, you know, two planets over. <laughs> <laughs> and, what? Uh, three, four, five. That's not yeah. how it works. And uh, Horus starts to build, like, a foothold, like uh, a... Uh, stronghold there mm-hmm. and he you know builds trenches and he basically prepares himself for the imperiums yeah because he attack. knows a counterattack yeah. is coming so yeah um but Nathaniel Guerrero obviously tells Terra and Terra is getting ready to fight yeah. back so and at this point keep in mind like no one no, no one's fully come out and chosen side except for Horus um Fulgrim, Fulgrim. Ang- Angron and Mortarion so yeah. only four legions are like on Horus's side so the emperor's like I got this. I got this. And he sends uh, seven? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. I know which one's off the top of my head. I just don't know the numbers. So he sends a number of legions to go deal with them. Um, He sends the Salamanders and Vulcan. He sends um, Korax and the Raven Guard. He sends... um, What's the other... Well, there's three he sends in the first. And the uh, the third one would be Oh, yeah, Iron Hands and Manus. And then... So he sends them in the first wave. And then in the second wave, he sends uh, Logar and the Wordbearers. He sends... Um, Alpharius. Alpharius and, 
and Porterabo too, I think. Yeah, oh, yep. and and Porterabo and Conrad Kurz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, the plan is like you know the first three legions go and they fight and then they get tired and yeah. they withdraw. Well, Horus actually next... knew where they were going to come and he had them pinned. Yeah, well, so he creates yeah. like a kill box right Wait. in the landing zone. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So like. The first three legions go, and like these legions think that the four legions behind them, like L- Lorgar and Potterabo and Cruz, and yeah. they think that they're loyalists. Like they all came here together to take care of Horus. Yeah. But this moment, the the full truth of the heresy is revealed. Those four legions that were supposed to be loyalists open fire on the actual loyalists, and they're basically trapped between the four legions that Horus already has there and the four legions that are supporting them. Yeah. And they, yeah, they create the kill box. Hence the drop site massacre. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool name. It the, is. Yeah. It turns into a massacre for the three loyalist legions that are there. Just yeah. decimated. So yeah. the keys to take away from this battle, there's three main keys. Uh, the Raven Guard and the Salamanders and... Uh, Iron Hands. Iron Hands are basically, they're, they're, they're decimated. Yeah. Where they might have had 100,000 Marines, now they only have 10,000. Oh, yeah, it's pathetic. Yeah. Um, so that's the big and thing. Then he the cripples death. three legions. And the death of... Ferris Manus is another big one. Yeah. Um, so they lose their Primark. Fulgrim yeah. ends up killing Ferris Manus. And, uh... Which is... That's devastating. Yeah. yeah. To the Legion. Like, that's all morale gone. Yeah, exactly. And then the third point is what happens to Vulcan. Who disappears. Who disappears and gets... <laughs> and is thought is dead by his yeah. Legion. Yeah. Thought dead, but what really happens to him is he gets captured. Yeah. yeah. So um, that is... Yeah, that's the revelation of heresy. That's yeah. when everything, the pot boils over, yeah. everyone can now look at this horrific mess. Yeah, the yeah. one other, I guess, final thing to note is... Uh, We've gone from three points to five on this. <laughs> I don't know. This, <laughs> we'll only, the this is only seven. the fourth. This is only the fourth <laughs> okay. point. I've been counting! Um, uh, the Raven Guard on the home planet, were they got a message, and we're actually able to go to the drop site massacre and pick up a bunch of the survivors. And this is where they picked up Korax and... The very few survivors. I said a bunch, but there was not yeah. a lot of survivors. Yeah. But they're a little so, bit from each legion. Yeah, so you have exactly. a handful of Iron Warriors that escape, a handful of Salamanders yeah. that escape, a handful yes, of yeah. Iron Hands that escape. Yeah. So three legions are crippled, one Primarch is dead, one is lost in battle, and... Yeah. That's devastating. Yeah. 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 To the Loyalist side. Because yeah. where before it could have been equal, now... Now it's three or six against nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, the galaxy is torn asunder. Yeah, this is now when, like, everyone starts turning on their brothers and, yeah. like, the, yeah, like, all the it's plans. It's civil war. Yeah, all the plans that Horus put into motion up to this point are now being... Openly revealed. Exactly. Uh, so, the probably the... And there's lots that happens here. Oh, yeah. Once again, we're not going to cover it all right now. Yeah. But the one of the main things we want to talk about is... Uh, the War of Ultramar. Yeah, so there's a couple things that... Let's, reasons let, let's, why we talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about uh, what is Horus's endgame first, and then we'll talk about okay. why he sure. fought the battles that he yeah. fought that we think are important to the Horus heresy. Yeah. So Horus's endgame is ultimately to kill the Emperor. To do that, where's the Emperor? He's on Terra. So he has to go and siege Terra. Right. And if he just goes and sieges Terra, the Emperor's just going to call all his armies yeah. back to Terra, and Terra will just be destroyed. Exactly. Right? Like, so, there's, there's no there's no winning in that one. Like, Horus, there's, Horus couldn't have a good shot at that. Horus doesn't want, like, a even fight. He, he wants, wants a victory. A winning fight. Yeah, he yeah. wants a victory. Yeah. yeah. So these are the, the, reason, the things he does to ensure that Terra is his. Yeah. So the big thing is... 
I, I would say probably the biggest thing in the Horus Heresy, like in this stage of it, is the battle for the Ultramar se- Segmentum. So the Ultramarines and Rubut Gilliman, they have this huge, vast empire within the Imperium. They have 400 worlds, and it's like the most prosperous. They got the best everything. Like, yeah. It's very well organized. And the, the big thing to note, too, is Rubut Gilliman, he's like a master organizer and tactician. And he has the biggest legion. Like his legion is bigger than, like his legion could be five legions. He has yeah, right. It's it's more than twice the size of other whole legions yeah. by himself. Yeah. So he, Horus has to do something about this. Yeah, because if this guy brings all his power to bear, that's yeah. too much for any uh, traitor legion to deal with. Exactly. So they they uh, Horus sends uh, Logar, who was jumping at the chance to go fight Reboot Gilliman. For the slight on Monarchia. Yep. And also he sends Angron, who is just a bloodthirsty killer. Yeah, yeah. No, no real need to pump up Angron's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, He'll find his own reasons. Angron! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little, little, little meaty bone in front of him and he'll go nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff that happens, but basically uh, another drop site massacre really happens. Not, not really, but like the same concept where it's like, hey, we're buddies, and then boom! They turn on the the word bearers turn on the ultramarines and are able to wipe them out like, like a devastating loss. Like yeah, like half the legions destroyed. Loss. Like that was the whole goal. It, yeah. it the goal was never to. Uh, well, they couldn't destroy. Yeah, the, the goal was never to destroy the ultramarines. It was to like Cripple. get this surprise attack and to keep them away from Terra. Yeah. So Rubuk Gilliman has this this beautiful empire that he's built and the word word bearers are just going from planet to planet burning it down burning it down which keeps reboot gilliman and his legion in ultramar which is on the far east of the universe where the gal wow of the galaxy yeah where terra is basically slightly to the west like center west sure Yeah. yeah so it's a huge difference now yeah okay so now he is taking care of the Ultramarines. Yeah. And then the next thing I have listed here is the Imperial Secundus. Yeah. Um, through, do you know much about it? Yeah. I haven't read the book. Okay, yeah. So while uh, while uh, the Imperium is getting torn in half, um, a lot of communication is lost because of the warp storms uh, that start because of Horus's, like influence with the Chaos Gods, right? The Chaos Gods are like, okay, we'll throw you a boon. We'll start disrupting communication and stuff, and pretty much blacks out communications in the Imperium. Yeah. Which also makes it difficult for loyalists to coordinate. Um, so in that, uh, Gulliman uh, tries to establish a second empire because he still has total control of his his little slice of the Imperium yeah, in Ultramar. Yeah, he is able to fight off Angron and the word bearers. Yeah. Because once again, the goal of them was not to wipe them out, it was just to... To cripple and delay them. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, if we don't know what's happening in the greater world, we don't know if Terra is even still around. For all we know, Horus already won. So he starts to dig himself into his own imperial Imperium and make the Imperium yeah. Secundus. Because the big thing is, like, the Astronomicon, which is power, it's like a, a lighthouse in the warp. It goes dark. So this is why... Rubut Gilliman decides to trench himself in. Like, that's the big thing. Like, he no longer sees the light of the uh, Astronomicon. What powers the Astronomicon? The Emperor. Right. So if all of a sudden this light, which is supposed to be shining, guiding the human race, yeah. Yeah. goes out, the power source is the Emperor, you make the logical conclusion, yeah. Emperor's gone. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Yeah. And with him he has uh, Lionel Johnson and also Sanguinius. Sanguinius, yeah. 
So he's trying to set up a second empire, which will play into later events in 40K, the 40K yeah. with the yeah, return of Gollum. So, yeah. So, yeah 10,000 years. In the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it also kind of sheds some questions on, like, is Gollumin still truly loyal to the Imperium if he's already kind of setting himself up or setting up a secondary empire? Um, so I've never read the book. Does uh, Reboot Gollumin ever call himself, like, War Master? Or does he ever actually, like... Actually, no. So what he does is he appoints one of his brothers to be... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's interesting power to try, Yeah, exactly. He, to try he's and throw. the statesman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he knows, like, oh, it'll look bad if I set up an empire and call myself the emperor. Yeah. Um, so he sets up one of I his other I feel like you're brothers. painting Reboot in a really, like, dark light. Like, let's, yeah, let's people, take a step, a step back. Like, Reboot is, like... Is the, loyal. He's the best. Uh, I'll agree. Just, for, his, just <laughs> to piss people off, he's no, the his, best. No, okay, best is a bad term, because I don't think he's, like, the coolest or the best, but... He follows the letter to the law. Yeah, yeah. Like he he'll make the right decision for a reason that makes no sense. Like if the rule if the rule says kill this person, he's gonna kill him. He doesn't ask why. Right. Exactly. That also paints him in a dark light. <laughs> no, but, but okay. If if the rule says um, if the rule says uh, if the emperor if like the astronomicon disappears like. If if the empire is falling apart and the emperor is dead, what do you do? You protect what you have. Yeah. So he's not doing the wrong thing. Yeah. He just didn't know. Exactly. And there's a very big difference between him actually carving out a slice of the empire yeah. versus protecting the legacy that he spent centuries fighting for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just I just want to say no. That. That's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> anything else on Ultramar? Um. I don't think so. Either. No, just that yeah. they're they're tied up yes, over and, in their corner of the yeah. galaxy and yeah. aren't able to run to Terra's and aid. That, that's a huge cripple for the for the loyalists. loyalists yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we'll flip over to the other side of the galaxy now. Yeah. We'll kind of talk about Terra. Okay. Um, during the Great Crusade, Rogaldorn, the Primarch of the Imperial Fists, uh, he's master a master in defense. <clears throat> and Siegecraft. So <laughs> I see you guys drink water. I'm like, ooh, that looks delicious. Here, you can finish up with Rogaldorn. So yeah, Rogaldorn gets called back to Terra. Mm, yeah, sip that water. Uh, and uh, once a heresy is revealed, he's put in charge of setting up the defenses of the Imperial Palace. Right. So he's reinforcing like this beautiful structure and turning it into an impenetrable fortress. They know that horse is going to come after oh, them. She'll be penetrated. <laughs> <laughs> what? They know Horus is coming out. The fortress, them. guys. <laughs> so they're just getting ready for the eventual siege that they know is on the way. Yeah. Um, did you have more to add? No, that was all. So they're, yeah. they're there, and they're fortifying this position. Um, how does Sanguinius end up there? So Horus, before he reveals himself as a traitor... Before uh, Sven... Yeah, tries to tie up the Blood Angels, another super loyalist legion that he knows he, he can't turn... And sends them off on a wild goose chase um, into the Cygnus Prime area. Again, a whole could be its own oh, yeah. podcast yeah. altogether. Yeah, um, it's not clear. I haven't in the books. Like I'm reading it as a series. Progresses. That's the thing. Yeah, they so a lot of this is happening. Point. Yeah, a lot of this is happening now. Like they're writing it now. Yeah. Um, but at some point, he gets out of there and comes back to Terra to mount the defense. Sanguinius. Yeah. Sanguinius. Sanguinius. Yes. And the Blood Angels. And uh, the other Primarch who is able to get to Terra is Jagatican. Jagatican. Jagatican, yeah. Jack-tican. However you want to say it. Jagatican. Well, J- J- <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, but there's still other Loyalist Legions out in the galaxy. So we'll talk about Lionel Johnson and Lemon Russ. They are, like Horace, like what he did with Sanguinius, sent all the Loyalists kind of on wild goose chases right. yeah. before he revealed his heresy. So they're, they're he, all spread because out Because at this point, he's the War Master. Yeah. He's and, in, and all is good. Yeah, he's in charge of the Great Crusade, so you kind of just listen to him. Yeah, he and, calls the shots. Yeah. 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 So when the heresy is revealed, like all these all these legions try to get back to Terra. Um, and what happens is with um, Lemon Russ and who's the other one I said? Oh, Lionel Johnson. They end up getting constantly ambushed by the Alpha Marine. Alpha Legion. Legion. And uh, it, it seems hard to like ambush people in space, but keep in mind, like the whole galaxy right now is being affected by warp storms, so they're only able to make tiny, small jumps. Yeah. They can't just make one jump back to Terra. And like sometimes they go into the warp, and then they end up like Shot further backwards. backwards, right? Yeah. So le- the Legion... Because yeah, the warp is... Like, at this point, the powers in the warp chaos is actively trying exactly. to be involved. So this is how the Alpha Legion are able to, like, slow down. And every time, like, these two legions come out of the warp, they're ambushed. And they keep getting ambushed and whittled down at, while they're trying to get to Terra. So it's just another delaying tactic yeah. by Horus to remove people that might have been at Terra and just get them out of the way so he doesn't have to deal with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... I, That's I, I a really, very br- sorry. What? Yeah, no, I really think that sums up a lot of yeah. Like, th- those from, are the important things yeah, from when the heresy is revealed on Istvan to when the final battle actually happens on Terra. Yeah, like a lot of it is just delaying, yeah. uh, miscommunications, yeah. people lost, but yeah. it's it's confusion and it's over yeah. the span I think of seven, seven to years. ten years. Yeah, is kind of the window. So you have all these like little battles and things going on yeah and each legion kind of has their own story happening like Korax is desperately trying to rebuild his legion and like the Iron Hands basically don't play any role I don't think uh there's small bands of them that try and like do running attacks against yeah hit and run attacks but like (laughs) nothing that would affect you know the greater picture so yeah there's tons of different conflicts and tons of regions but those are the what happens to legions and kind of where they're at right now Okay. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to start on the Siege of Terra. Yeah. So, uh, you've already listed the three legions that are there. That's the Imperial Fists, Rogaldorn, uh, Blood Angels, Sanguinius, and Lights... Wow. White Scars, yeah. Jag Hatai Khan. Yeah. Um, and then the... Can I just derail for yeah, one yeah. second? I don't know if we ever said... Terra is Earth. <laughs> did we not? <laughs> it, it's entirely just, possible that we didn't. Like, it just seems like a common thing. But, yeah, like, yeah. Terra is... this time. <laughs> Jordan, what did you think? You're the beginner. I thought it was Mars. No. <laughs> no, that's Mars! <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I knew. Yeah, I, I thought it was, it was Earth, pretty but, yeah. common sense. But I thought I'd just uh, yeah, throw that Yeah, it's a good up. point. It's one of those things that you just take for granted. Yeah. yeah. Terra is Earth. It's the home world yeah. of humanity. Okay. The seat of now that that really important thing is out of the way, it is. <laughs> uh, so the three loyalist legions that are there, we listed those, and then these are the traitorous legions that were there. We have Thousand Sons, not traitors. Uh, <laughs> well, so at this point, at this they point, are, yeah, yeah they've like, accepted their fate. Almost. Yeah, um, basically, I say basically a lot. 
I tried to vow it's not. Because you're to... a little basic bitch. Wow. That's that's all uh, it comes down family to. Family friendly. <laughs> not space <me>. marine <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> um, yeah. When the space wolves uh, invaded Prospero, Magnus's homeworld, they blew it up. But to save him and his legion, he basically made a pact with Chinch and like was sucked off into the war. Yeah. And basically went dark for. There, I said it again. Basically, 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 and basically. He, he went dark throughout the entire Horus Heresy. But when the siege of happened, siege of terror happens, he reveals himself, right. and he is fully a traitor yeah. now. So, Thousand Sons, Sons of Horus, World Eaters, Death Guard, Emperor's Children, Word Bears, Iron Wars, Night Lords, like all those legions versus three. Yeah, it's pretty overwhelming odds. Like Horus could not have planned this better. Like it, it's. Like, I bet he was just dancing with glee when he, like, sees who's actually there. Like, all his things are coming to fruition. Yeah. So. So, big big battle happens. There's Do a we little... want to talk about the Emperor's Secret Project? I feel like it. Uh, I, I think we're going to save it for our... Yeah, we'll save it for our Tales from the Warp. Tales from the Warp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the, the Emperor is on Terra. Yeah, so while all this is happening, the Emperor... Is on Terra. Yes, yeah, and he's not taken to the battlefield because he's still working on his project, even with the enemy right at his doorstep. Yeah. He, if anything, he Dedication. Just, he just feels a sense of urgency. Like, he has to To get to the project finish. finished. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to bite this apple. I'll bite it. Okay. There's a lot of cool things that happen. Take the bite, Mark. <laughs> that's that wasn't the weirdest thing I've done today, though. So that's fine. who's rubbing my leg? <laughs> Why is this happening? Hand check, everyone. Hand check. It was Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The think of a siege warfare. Like, yeah, it um, doesn't last long, does it? It Doesn't no. no. Like the horse heresy only lasts like seven years. No, but I, I mean, think I mean uh, this battle. I know. I think I think it only lasts like six months, and they they they're able to, like work their way in to the inner palace basically they're on like their last wall keep in mind the imperial palace is like the size of a continent yeah yeah keep in mind it's big <laughs> it's huge yeah that is worth noting <laughs> yeah um people are made heroes sanguinius like holds a gate for like days by himself breaks the back of a bloodthirster demon like there's a bunch of sweet stuff that happens um poor sanguinius Sweet, sweet sanguineous. He'll never know another day in flight. Whoa, what happened? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> what happened to him? Nothing. Um, He's fine? I don't know. So, they're getting down to, like, the last bit of the siege. Yeah. But at this point, Harris, Horace, uh, gets, like, uh, He's messages. He's too. Yeah. At this point. Well, apparently he makes, he goes to Moloch and makes the same pact with, like, the Chaos he Gods. He steps through the gate? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And he... Yeah, and like makes the same deal as the emperor did. Like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, I mean, that explains he gets hyped up on chaos steroids. Hmm. Good old chaos steroids. Yeah, we've all been there. Everyone loves a little bit of the warp dust. <laughs> warp. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Horus gets messages from his outlying fleets that the Ultramarines are almost at Terra. Yeah. Lionel Johnson's almost at Terra, and uh, Russ is almost at Terra. Right. So at this point, he's like, we can't can't dawdle we, anymore. We can't fight on two fronts. Yeah. And he decides to do a gambit. Yeah. So what he does is he sends a message to the Emperor. He lowers his shields and is like, come and get me. Yeah. Right? Let's finish this between one on one. You. Right. Mano like that, mano. Really? That's the only way it can end. Like, yeah. A regular Marine is never going to stand a chance against the Emperor. Yeah, or even like if uh, like Magnus, I don't know why I'm thinking him, but let's just say Magnus killed the Emperor. 
like it wouldn't be the same as if Horace did it. Then there, then Horace would have to kill Magnus. Like you know, like it would create another problem. Like Horace has to kill the Emperor, right? And even Horace may not even think anyone else can. Maybe Horace is the well, only that's one true. who's powerful enough, and he's like, "I'm the only one that can do it. Let's go!" Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what it comes down to. So he sends a message. He lowers his shields, and the Emperor gathers up a small force, including Sanguinius, Rogaldorn, Rogaldorn. I don't believe Jack Tyke. No, 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 he doesn't. He's off doing his own things, which I can't wait to talk about. So the Emperor and his two Primarchs and a small bodyguard crew of other, you know, high-ranking space marines and bodyguards. Uh, I believe he brings up some custodies. Yeah, he yeah. brings up com- some custodies. And and they teleport themselves onto Horus's flagship, uh, the Vengeful Spirit, where Horus presumably, or where the Emperor's going to have his showdown with Horus. But what happens when they get teleported is they get scattered all around the ship. Do we want to talk about how that happens? Yeah. Teleportation is basically like going through the warp. It's basically like uh, using a warp drive, but very, very on a personal very, level. On a personal yeah. level. So when they teleport on, when they teleport onto the ship, um, they're going through the warp, and that's how they become right. separated. Because the warp is all messed up, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. So it scatters them all around the ship, so they're all separated, and the Emperor doesn't have his like elite bodyguard force around him, uh, and the Emperor isn't even the first one to make contact with Horus. Yeah, um, the first one to make it to uh, Horus's throne room is Sanguinius. And Sanguinius and Horus, I don't know if you've touched on this, were actually very good friends Yeah. Uh, before the heresy. Yeah. And so Sanguinius even tries to negotiate with Horus even now. Like, yeah. like I still think you can be saved. Yeah. And- so he, uh, you know, lets his guard down a little bit and, you know, tries to, to sway Horus to, you know, stop what he's doing, right? Yeah. But at this point, Horus is yeah, full it's, on tentacle it's way beast. Too late. Yeah. Not really tentacle he's, beast, but he's in his full brain, on... he's full on tentacle beast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's no... given up. Yeah. And he ends up Horus ends up slaying Sanguinius. Yeah. Um yeah. Forever. Games Workshop, if you're listening, Sanguinius. Do not resurrect is him. Dead. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. No more. Doesn't does doesn't the emperor walk in right so when? So here's an interesting part that's in flux right now, currently yeah. in the lore. With um, Olonius Ol- Pius or Olnius Pius. Yeah. Um, some stories have him as just a regular human. Others have had him as like a custode custodian guard or a terminator um, bodyguard of the emperors. Yeah. So either way, there's a smaller mortal figure who's also present, who walks into the throne room yeah. when the Emperor arrives and sees Horus just annihilate this guy. Um, yeah. This story is likely going to change because it, it's a big part in the novels right now. Yeah. And there's a, there's something leading up to it. I can't touch on it right now because it's not finished yet. Yeah. Um, but and it's for a, all we know, everything we just talked about could change. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like when they write the Siege of Terror story. Oh, like, that's how they're going to re-resurrect Sanguinius. It oh, it was actually... No, no, no. Sanguinius didn't go up to the planet. He was at the gate fighting. Jake Hattie Cam went up to the ship and he got killed. <laughs> he got killed. Sorry, White Scars, but... So, yeah, we'll leave it there for that. Sorry, so what does Olinius have to do with anything? Oh. So the Emperor goes in and sees this guy, whatever form he takes at this point, um, and sees the Emperor. He sees Sanguinius' body at the foot of Horus. Right. And he sees a single, let's call him just a regular human for now, yeah. standing up to Horus. Oh, and refusing to back down. Okay. And the Emperor sees, like, a common man taking on, like, odds way, way above him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Horus annihilates him. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
Destroy. Not even like a simple like bolt pistol to the face. Like he just shreds him molecule by molecule. Like he just yeah, yeah just annihilate. Just yeah. done. And to the emperor, that shows how far Horus has fallen, right? And how yeah. brave. Which, like, which is an interesting point to me because the emperor is not sentimental, nor is he considered particularly um, benevolent to, yeah. to to the individual subject. Well, and that's to where humanity as a whole, he loves yeah, yeah and he does everything in his power to su- to secure their their yeah. leadership and domination yeah and that's where kind of games workshop is taking it where once it was like yeah the primarchs are his children they call him father he calls him son where now it's the emperor treats him as tools and so it's going to be neat to see how this final battle actually plays out gotcha yeah. but at this point then you have the emperor and horus all left in the room yeah facing each other off and uh but if you, you want the battle here it is. Read the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like, yeah. uh, a <laughs> wait for the book. Oh. <laughs> there was a small excerpt excerpt written um, before, like an old lore. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be uh, turned into its own novel. Uh, but essentially, the Emperor and Horus duel on the bridge of the Vengeful Spirit overlooking Terra, and this duel like is fought physically. It's fought psychically. It's fought like emotionally. On, <laughs> I was going to say that too. <laughs> on multiple planes, right? Like this is the duel that will decide the fate of the galaxy, right? right. And both of them are going at it. Um, debatably, no holds. Yeah, keep going. Everything. Yeah. Sorry, have. I just. Yeah. So uh, it, uh, during the battle, uh, Horus gets his blows in, and at this point, yeah, he's roided out on chaos steroids. Yeah, and actually manages to wound the emperor repeatedly. He yeah. like. Uh, takes off an arm, like, blows out one of his eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... like, and they're destroying each other, right? Yeah, like, yeah. blow by blow. And the Emperor's striking back and damaging Horus, right? Uh, and then at the very end... Oh, oh actually, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, Okay, so... so only <laughs> as pious... No, no, the only as pious thing happens now. Yeah. So... It's the chink in the armor, isn't it? No, so, like... They kind of, Horace and the Emperor take a brief moment to recover. Like, they're both, like, ripped apart. But at this point, um, the Emperor still has hope. Like, maybe he's still Horace my can son. Turn. Like, yeah. he might have, even at this moment, oh, been like, okay. it's not too late, Horace. Yeah. Like, join me again. Like, like he's almost we can rule the galaxy as father. Yeah, and, and there's son. almost a, there's a debate whether the Emperor was going full force on Horace or holding back. Yeah. And just keeping up enough of just a defense just to try yeah. and talk, talk him down. Yeah, and then this is when Olia Pilus. She, it'd be nice if we could say his name. Omnius Pius. Opaloplu. <laughs> <laughs> Enters the room. And uh, from our perspective now, he's just a human. Yeah. Um, And Horus destroys him. Right. Yeah. Completely. And this is the Emperor's turning point where it's like, Horus is past redemption. Yeah. And so... You kill one human, and, and all of a sudden, your daddy doesn't love you anymore. Yeah. Well, at this point, right, Horus hasn't killed anyone. He's just been manipulating people. Right, he's right. Just <laughs> sitting in his... Oh, he's, he's, he's killed people. He's just a smooth talker, guys. Yeah, he's just been a good guy. Horus? A bad guy? No. Yeah. <laughs> so the Emperor saying this is like, enough is enough. Yeah. I'm going to end this fight. And he summons all his psychic energy and destroys Horus's soul. Like, there's nothing left of Horus. Yeah. So when you die, sometimes your soul will go to the warp. Well, every time. Every time. If you're connected Barring to the warp. Barring extenuous circumstances, yeah. when you die, your soul goes to the warp. Yeah. We covered that way back in episode Exactly. One. Yeah. But at this point... I was there for that. Horus is completely Shut destroyed up, from existence. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing left yeah. of him. You can burn a soul. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what the Emperor does. And just... Horus is, no longer exists. Yeah. Wiped from existence. Which is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. 
in that, though, and from all the wounds he suffered from the duel, the Emperor is severely wounded and is left on the bridge. Basically left for dead. Yeah. And then this is where Rogaldorn finally makes it to the bridge and finds him. Yeah. So, I think, like, let's play up the severity of his wounds. Like, he's not left for dead, he's dying. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Like, yeah. he is he is in the process of dying right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they're wounds from, like, chaos and everything. Yeah, they're like, psychic wounds. They're physical wounds. Yeah. He's wounded on every level. Yeah. Too much to heal? <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. For the Emperor, I guess, because... Yeah. For someone, Otherwise he would have healed. For someone who has spent the past 38,000 years... Wait, oh. Leading humanity. Since his birth. Yeah. Since his birth. Yeah. 38,000 years. You know, like, he, even he can't handle this that is the this is the card that the chaos gods wanted to play they wanted to play the i remove the emperor from the game yeah. card uh little did they know that the emperor had a trump card not really a trump card but more of like a get out of jail free card but still keep me quarter in jail <laughs> um i think this would be a good spot to kind of jump into a tales of the warp okay uh there's one more thing i want to say then before we start our little discussion area and that is after this the trader legions flee yeah they flee back to the eye of terror yes so that's like where chaos meets reality yeah so at at the end of it all um you know eventually they lose horus dies the emperor is still alive dying but he's alive yeah and they realize we didn't strike quite the blow we wanted but it was almost there but they all flee back to the eye of terror yeah Wow. Okay. Well, yes. Well, let's save that part. Um, but, okay. Sure. There's a reason. I'm, like, wrestling with this in my brain right now. It shouldn't be a hard decision. We'll save it. Yeah. Okay. But at this point, like, that marks the end of the Horse Heresy. Yeah. It marks the end of, like, the Great Crusade. All things that are good. Yeah. Everything that was okay and bright and unicorn with the world is now... Over. Grim and dark and... Perfect. Oh. Just the way Only we war. Love it. <laughs> Only war. Only war. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess without further ado, let's get into our tales from the warp. So let's talk about um, some speculation or discussion, specifically about the emperor himself. Yeah. Some of this is going to be fact. Some of it's going to be our own idea. A lot of it is going to be batshit insane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all going to come from Christian. <laughs> I have some theories. Biggest heretic of them all. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> now, let's get into a little bit of fact before we step into the fiction. Yeah. And that's going to be uh, the Emperor's Secret Project. Yeah, so, so this is why the Emperor steps away the Great Crusade. Yeah. So when he, when he steps away from the Great Crusade, he names Horus the War Master. Uh, Horus takes over... What? Don't give me... Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. <clears throat> so he names Horus the War Master. Horus is responsible for like all the day-to-day decisions of the campaign. Yeah. yeah he tells who to go where and what's going to happen and everything yeah so he really just sets horus up with the ability to do the heresy so but when he leaves he goes back to terra and he starts a secret project which is connecting webways yeah so there is a webway portal on terra yeah and the emperor knows this the emperor his main thing is to basically stop the chaos gods like to do away with them to do away with warp travel and stuff. Um, and the way to one way to do away with warp travel is the webway. The webway, yeah. So he's trying to make a stable entrance to the webway on Terra. 
And then from there, you can branch out throughout the entire galaxy yeah. with the webway. And if he has enough knowledge, he can even start to repair the sections of webway that are broken. Exactly. You know, start mapping it. And the thing that made the Elder so dangerous was the webway. Like, they can go anywhere they want instantly. And yeah. Well, not instantly, but... <clears throat> way faster than the way warp faster, and way safer. way safer. So if humanity had this, they'd be set. Yeah. He's conquered... Well, he hasn't conquered the galaxy when he started the project, but... That's his goal. It's like, yeah, once I conquer the galaxy, then I can get every, anywhere I need to be. Yeah. I can put armies exactly where they need to be if there's an orc invasion. And yeah. So his secret project is the Webway Project. Um, why do you think he kept it a secret? I think I know why. Any thoughts? Okay. Well, I think there's... <clears throat> you're keeping it a secret. You're keeping it a secret from someone. Yeah. Number one... Um, I think it would be a huge blow to the Astronomicon. No, sorry, the Astral Paths. Wasn't there, isn't there a whole school where, like, a bunch of Astral Paths, like, come and they learn? Yeah, they got, they're powerful families on Terra. Right. So um, if all of a sudden you don't need those people anymore to navigate through the warp, they lose a lot of their power. But I think that is very minor, because I'm working my way up. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, there's political reasons why he wouldn't want people knowing that he's working on a way to dispense of their usefulness. I guess, because if he's like, yeah, I'm going to get in the webway, then they're like, well, you're not getting anywhere now. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So, they can that, withhold that is warp a, travel. Yeah, it's a potential one. Sure. Okay, um, sure. Another one could be uh, the more people that are involved in something, the higher chances there are of... I don't know, failure, sabotage. Yeah. You know, he well, has enemies. Yeah. So, like, what if, like, he's keeping a secret from the Eldar, even? Like, the Eldar used the webway. Yeah. I'm sure the Eldar do not want the Emperor to use the webway. So, like, he keeps yeah. it a secret. Because, like, but, new, news gets down, and news could eventually reach an Eldar, potentially. Sure. I mean, the Farseer see into the future. Yeah. And then from there, maybe the Eldar would, like, mass up and. Uh, lay siege to Terra through that webway portal. It's possible, right? Yeah, if if they knew that a gate was forming on Terra or that he's like making an entrance to the webway on Terra, then they would want to stop that with everything they could. Yeah. Here's a crazy idea. What if he was keeping it a secret even from the Chaos Gods? I think to me that would be the biggest one. Yeah. So the Chaos Gods obviously have dominance in the warp. And knowing that the Emperor is trying to find a way around them where, you know, he can protect humanity from their influence forever yeah. would completely turn all the Chaos Gods' focus right onto him, right onto his project. Yeah. And then they could try to wreck it and so on and so forth. I, I kind of have, like, a little bit of a gripe about that with the webways. Do share. Because, so when the webways were originally formed and for millions of years after that, yeah. the Chaos Gods didn't exist. Because yeah. the Chaos Gods existed in the early stages of humanity. Yeah. So the entire war in heaven and galactic supremacy of the Eldar, we had the webways. Yeah. Now there's always energy and like enemies in the world. Yeah, they were still warp But entities. it's nothing cohesive. Yeah. Right. There's nothing with the same power as the a Chaos, chaos God. But yeah. I truly believe like if a Chaos God bent his will to it, like he could destroy the webways. Potentially, or, or at least damage it. So Which there are sections really, of the webway that are damaged right, by yeah, demon like, infestations. Yeah, but yeah. like, is that a demon being a demon, or is that like Slanash saying, "I am stopping the webway portal"? So I think like they are safer. They were much safer back when Chaos Gods as a unit didn't exist. 
because I don't think there yeah. was any other unit that was actually large enough to bring their power to bear to destroy yeah. the webways. So yeah. I think, um, I think like he the webways is definitely the safest way to go, but it's still not a surefire bet until no. chaos is taken care of. Yeah. Um, I'm the the biggest thing here is that for me, it's like. Did the Emperor know something shady was going down? And he was like, I need to start something that will give my people the edge over something. Now are you talking something shady going down is in the Horus Heresy? Yes. Did he know the Horus would betray him? Yeah. I don't think so. The jury can be out on that one. Yeah, it could go either way. So, Did he set it all up in order to make himself a god? Maybe. Yeah. The... But- the the thing I read about it is that, um, and this actually had to do with the founding of the Inquisition uh, when I was reading it, is that there were so many warp storms happening, the Emperor actually lost his foresight. Yeah. However, temporarily, whatever small window, and you better believe, like, that's chaos organizing it against him. Yeah. Because he could see into the future. Yeah. Right? He had the powers of foresight. Maybe not super crazy, but... Yeah, maybe the, not to exact details. Right, but, but he yeah. could... I'm pretty sure he'd be able to pick and choose the shape that he kinds of wants it to yeah. happen. So, uh, I do know that with the four Warp Storms, he lost some of that. I don't... I think... My guess is that he knew something was coming, but he didn't know what shape it was going to take. Because the different, there's a difference between knowing yeah. that chaos is forming a weapon against yeah. you, and yeah. then understanding that the weapon is your son. Or the question yeah. is, you know, someone's going to betray betray you, but the question is who? Right. Yeah. Like, for all he knows, it could have been Rogel Dorn. It could have been. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How dare you? <laughs> it's the Dorniest. Dornian heresy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. But I like. I don't the think Dornian he knew heresy. that Horus was going to betray him, but he knew something was coming. I mean, that's, it's why, like, he sets up the Inquisition, right? Uh, he sets up the Inquisition. He does during, not personally. That's why he tells Malkador to I don't set even up, know if he did that. Yeah, he did. Did he tell yeah. him? Yeah. He told okay. Malkador to collect these individuals, and Malkador oh, puts yeah, them on yeah. Titan. Okay. Right? right? And sends Titan into the yeah. warp. Yeah. yeah. Sweetest story ever. But, so, and that happens during the heresy. Like, during the years of the heresy, when the Emperor has lost his foresight. Because he's he's like I can't see what's happening right now. Like, so he's prepping like a exactly yeah. backup plan. So he he sets up this. Uh, he tells Malkador to set up the Inquisition. Malkador throws Titan into the warp for a hundred years. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden now he's like, okay, something's coming. Prepare for access. Because in a in a war, everything that saves you is access. It used to be waterways. Then it was railroads. Then it was actual roads. Now it's airplanes. Then it's the warp. Now it's the webways. Yeah. Right. The number one way to win a war is positioning troops and supplies. Yeah. He knows. So he sets, I'm going to get my guys ahead of the other guys because no one uses the webway except yeah. for the Eldar. Right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking is that he saw something was coming. Yeah. He just didn't know what. He just didn't know what direction it was coming from. Okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts on why he kept it a uh, secret? I don't really have any. So now... Maybe he's just a secretive fucking guy. <laughs> he didn't have a He doesn't like share. like secrets. Yeah, he yeah. just doesn't share with anyone. He just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he's like... I meant to mention John, it. John, you didn't send that memo out? <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> fired. And then he just disintegrates him. <laughs> oh my. He's the emperor. So now let's talk about the wrench that was thrown into the emperor's plan. Mm-hmm. Which is Magnus. Ah, oh, yes. 
Magnus when he sends his warning to the Emperor. Yeah. So we talked about this where um, Magnus discovers the heresy that's happening in Horus on, on Davin. Davin. Yeah. And then he psychically projects himself to the Emperor. But in order to do this, Magnus has to break through um, the psychic barrier that's like protecting the Imperial Palace, that's holding yeah. the webway together. Holding the webway together? The it's holding portal. the entrance open gotcha. on Hera. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So he breaks all the, the safety wards and things that are preventing chaos from spilling into this connection port, right? right. Yeah, because so like... Yeah, so the portal... He's trying to make a portal into the webway, or there's already a portal, but he's trying to open it. But in order to do that, he kind of has to go through the warp, I guess, to get to the webway. But he has all these wards now, so he doesn't have to actually go through the warp to the webway. Right. But then when Magnus comes, he breaks all those wards, so now it's just... Because Magnus is coming through the warp. Yeah, so, exactly. So now it's just warp. Yeah. So he does this, he breaks through, and demons start flooding into the Imperial Palace. Cool. And, and, Which is all happening and, underground. Yeah, and not only into the Imperial Palace, also into the webway. And that's what kind of gives me the idea where it's like the three parts. There's the materium, there's the warp, and then there's the webway. And he's trying to use the warp to get to the webway or, mm. or however that works. Because the demons are able to go on both sides, go into the webway, yes, and go into the because Imperial it Palace. is described as there are cracks in the webway that demons pour into. Yeah. Right. So imagine the ocean. Oh my. And there's a tunnel. Yes. And there's a crack <laughs> in the tunnel. Yes. <laughs> what happens to this tunnel? So when the tunnel is cracked, you have water spilling into the tunnel. And the water is... Demons. Ah. The water is demons. Oh my <laughs> god, this is the best analogy. <laughs> it's, it's just like our ocean and chores analogy. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> There's no now escaping it. You make me cry. <laughs> no. um, to the layman. <laughs> so that sets Magnus on the path, and that also <coughs> breaks... Um, the emperor's plan mm. and he basically has to seal off this webway portal because there's no way now to stop the demons the from flow of demons yeah yeah and uh he does not like that he's pretty pissed because yeah. that was his that was his ace in the hole yeah, yeah. in was, what i like that was his grand plan his grand vision for the future of the imperium to no longer rely on warp travel yeah do you do you think he'd been planning that for a while i'd, I'd say so yeah from the very start yeah yeah think about it like you're talking about all the efficiency and stuff of like traversing the galaxy and moving troops and stuff but even like after the the empire is established to have safe routes for like supplies yeah. for you know regular day-to-day -day movement yeah like, and it's huge and we've kind of briefly mentioned this too like what if the emperor is like his first attempt at conquering the galaxy was like the dark age of technology right right but then the warp storms happened through everything in a disorder. So now the Emperor's like, yeah. I need something. I need a different way. I need a different way where the warp cannot affect us. Sure. And it, that would kind of change it because it's completely possible that using his foresight, he saw that that would be a way that worked. Yeah. And then the warp throws everything yeah. into disarray. Yeah. Right? So the and same then, thing that happened here, he saw that his current plan was working yeah. and the warp, bam, tries yeah. to stop him again. Yeah. And then maybe too during the birth of Slanish. Um, a crack in the webway happened on Terra, and then that's when the Emperor like took notice of it, and that's why he didn't start with like mm. the webway secret project because maybe something happened, yeah, or he learned of it later. Exactly. Yeah. However, that might have happened. I I can't say. Yeah, I would I would almost think that he's constructing the portal, and this like he's opening a hole into the webway. 
Because that that would be my better understanding of it. Because if, if the portal is already there, there's, yeah, there's, there's, sure. no, there's no reason to have to like be protective about it. Eldar, Eldar use it all the time. There's yeah. a short story about it, um, and I haven't gotten all the way through it, so I can't speculate too much. Christian, but... it's only a short story. <laughs> I'm a slow reader. <laughs> so uh, apparently there's an Eldar city on the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Of this portal. Yeah. And it's being investigated by, like, the Emperor, this project is super secret and stuff, but he still has, like, his closest bodyguards, the Custodes, and the Sisters of Silence that are actually sending, like, groups into the into the webway on the Terran side to investigate what exactly is on the other side of this. Um, and again, I haven't gotten all the way through it, so I can't speculate too much in that department, but yeah. all I know is that there's a city on the other side of it. Yeah, the, I recall yeah. that. I think I have heard that. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll leave that there, I guess, and yeah. see where that um, develops. So, one of the key features in this, his project, is called the Golden Throne in the Emperor's Project to access the webway. Um and it's a golden throne. Why they call it that? Like, did they? Like, Isn't it a throne? And it's, it's gold? gold. Well, yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just like that's. Do you, do you want it to be more profound? No, no, no. It's just like <laughs> that's. It's not like the seat of knowledge. <laughs> that's not the its purpose. Like, he's not sitting there, like, uh, like ruling the empire from that throne. Like that, the golden throne is is. Uh, his way to access the webway, right? Like, so it's uh, weird that they would. It's sure. more than that. It, it, it is more than it's that. Part of the Estrem- Estrem- I thought. Estrem- I thought okay. initially. Yeah. I don't think initially that was his way to access the webway. I thought yeah. that was yeah. more. No, yeah, he that's sits it. on it, and he. Yeah. So, so does yeah. that mean only so, like, he can access the webway? So here's the thing: incredibly powerful psychers can use it, and I'm talking like top three in the galaxy. Yeah. Can I can I do a spoiler for Melkador there? Yeah. So when the Emperor goes to fight Horus. Someone has to occupy a spot on the throne because demons are constantly pouring into the Imperial Powerless. If no one's yeah, if no one's on the throne, so oh, doesn't it like wreck him? Yeah, so it it kills Malkador, and Malkador is again like top three psychers in the entire universe, and he disintegrates. He holds it. He holds it for a while, long enough, long enough that he has to, but he physically disintegrates. All I'm saying is the Webway Throne should have been called that instead of the Golden Throne. Like, why did they make it golden, call it the Golden Throne? It's also part of the Astronomicon, though. That's, but th- isn't, that's what I was thought yeah. its primary function was. No, no. Was I, to power the Astronomicon. Because remember that one story. It, when on, he's alive, yeah. he can do it from wherever he is. Yeah, like the Council of Nikea, he yes. shoots that beam up or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think, like, I think if anything, it was uh, converted into... F- uh, the Astronomicon pa- battery pack, yeah. battery pack. Once the Emperor was interred upon, right? It. So the Golden so Throne, let, all let, it was we should for, almost dive into. Yeah, that. yeah let's Absolutely. talk about that. Now. So all the Golden Throne was for initially was, was like the key to the webway, and yeah. you yeah. had to sit on it to access. So kind of he would sit on it, open the portal, people could pass through, and then he could stop it. Yeah, the and, and, the, way, and the wards would keep it all safe. Right. Then. Okay. Once after he was mortally wounded and he's dying, yeah. They transfer his body onto the Golden Throne, and then they make some modifications yeah, to it. they turn it into a life support system. Right. Yeah. As well and, as... And at this point, yeah, they probably tied the Astronomicon yes. into it and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, life support system, because he's dying, and he has to be kept alive. Yeah. Um, and then the Astronomicon 
is the beacon, the lighthouse beacon in the warp that allows... Keeps ships from crashing into the shore oh of the warp, yes. Yeah. So it, it, it's what allows ships to navigate the warp somewhat safely. Yeah. And yeah. then the it, third I, function... It, it's more uh, just a position. Like, it doesn't help them navigate. It's more just to give a position in... This is where I want to argue semantics with you. Okay, but, yes. sure. Yeah. Sure, sorry. I don't want to start anything. Oh, I'm going to start some shit. <laughs> oh, boy. What were you going to say, Christian? The third uh, function? The third function, too, is, uh, again, with that portal. So this part is also speculation, so it's a good place for it. But whether or not demons are still, like, to to this day, pouring in to Terra and being held back I'm by either the Emperor... There's a story where there's... And the Custodes fighting them off. I, it was, I told you about that one story because I thought it was awesome, but it's it was a fan story. Like it was oh. a it was a theory. It's yeah, not actually. So it's, it's speculation. Like gosh yeah. darn it, because that was because cool people are like, oh, the Custodes have just been sitting on Terra doing nothing. But it's like no, they've been fighting this ten thousand years war in the underground of Terra, fighting off demons. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it's like the Emperor's back on the throne. The portal's been closed. And he's keeping it closed. And he's keeping it closed. Demons are no longer pouring in. Just like, but it's open to debate. I mean, I suppose it kind the, of is, but only, not really. The only reason it is open to debate is because that room is secret. Yeah, yeah, that's right? like, like no one point, goes in there. The whole point of putting Malkador onto the throne was to keep the demons from pouring in. Yeah. So like, you would assume that if he can do it then demons are no longer pouring in. Right. Like, yeah. that they the, have the, an effect. The only stopped. reason it is up for debate, though, it is because his current state of health. Sure. <laughs> Critical. <laughs> Critical. Critical condition and for failing. 10,000 years. Yeah. So let's talk about that, then. Okay. Um, the Emperor is on the throne, and he has been for the past 10,000 years. Yeah. And technology fails eventually. Oh, machines are fickle. Machines are fickle. <laughs> machines... So why does the emperor not just reach down, touch the knee of the golden throne, yeah, yeah. its it. wounded joint, <laughs> and heal it? Um, no, but what 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 will happen if the golden throne stops working? The to me the biggest thing right off the bat would be demons start pouring into the the imperial palace, and the light of the astronomicum goes out. Right. But beyond that, yeah, those are obvious. What beyond happens? the immediate ones, yeah. Um, well, the consequence of that is the complete breakdown of the hierarchy of the like the Terran nobility and like the bureaucracy because everything is on Terra. Yeah. So if all of a sudden Terra uh, goes dark, as it says, like through yeah. the Astronomicon and demons pouring through, like yeah, everything breaks down. Right. And, if the and stuff of- like Robert Gilman's Imperial Secundus happens, where it's like, where the Astronomicon go? Mm-hmm. Let's fend for ourselves. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it really, you know, pocket empires. It really, yeah. it would throw, um, it would throw the Imperium back into an age of strife. Yeah. yeah. It would collapse. Yeah. Yeah. So that also is pretty, pretty obvious, really, when you start to yeah. look at it. Like, yeah. When you when you look at like break by break, what happens yeah. through the steps? Like, there will be pocket empires. Um, terror will fall, and it'll yeah. be irrevocable this time. Chaos yeah. won't let it get back on its feet. Yeah. What happens, yeah, though, Here's the bigger question. ...to the Emperor? Right. Because when you die, you go into the warp. So... I'm trying to collect my thoughts on this. Okay. Way back when, when the Emperor was born, created, whatever... Yeah. It was a collective of shamans who made a suicide pact killed themselves they coalesced their spirits in the right now very calm warp yeah right easy to manipulate for someone who's been doing it for hundreds of years because yeah. they would reincarnate 
right? Yeah. So they, they have some serious knowledge of how to manipulate or nothing near old ones. They're not creating web ways, but they understand some small part. Yeah. They coalesce themselves. They create this god emperor. This god emperor then has all their power. Then he goes to Moloch. Yeah. And then he gets chaos knowledge. This guy is a beast. Okay? Mm-hmm. No single orc would ever be able to take him down. <laughs> Do you finally concede to that point? Yeah, that one's difficult to argue. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, if he dies, like right now, he's, I feel like he's in a state of limbo. Yeah. Like everything that he is, is, is holding chaos at bay on the webway yeah, I, and guiding the astronaut. I guess we should mention too, like the Emperor is in a coma basically. Yeah, he's comatose. Like he cannot talk, he's not giving, well... Apparently. No, 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 he can't. Physically. Well... He cannot. Oh, I guess physically, yeah. Yeah, he's not verbalizing. No, his yeah. body, if anything, is decaying. Yeah. Yeah. So There's we, pictures. Yeah, yeah. It's sweet. He's, like, mummified. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I so just thought I'd He still one. exists psychically. He has to, or else the Astronomicon and the holding back of the webway would never work. Exactly. So he can still power things through his psychic power. Um, but he is severely reduced like yeah. his body like if it was anyone else the body would just die yeah so through it's like i've seen in multiple places is through his sheer force of will and psychic power is he still holding on to life yeah yeah and the sacrifice of millions of psychos daily but that's <laughs> so semantics. semantics so oh i got a crazy theory okay. about that i'm gonna finish my thought. you finish yours okay. i gotta write mine down so if if the emperor dies his entire soul in its entirety and his soul like might have been damaged but energies can be regrouped and re reworked like he pulls from the warp every day for energy and yeah. all these psychers they feed him he's he's growing but it's not enough for him because he's so powerful is is it's like a cavern his body is a cavern and he needs so much psychic energy to fill it and he just can't grab enough anymore so he's in like a state of no power if he dies and he does go to the warp the logical next step is that he's reborn. And the only reason I think he will not ever be reborn that way is because Chaos will not let that happen. Yeah, where, when the shamans did it, it was easy. Yeah, there's but no now, chaos. Yeah. Like, there's still going to be those beasts, but yeah. they are divided. Yeah. Right? And this, this is why I don't think he could ever get something... Mark and I were just talking about this uh, a little while ago, and it's... That the Emperor was the master of the material universe. Yeah. And then the Chaos Gods are the masters of the Immaterium. Yeah. Whatever, if, if the Emperor decides to have something done in the Materium, Chaos can't truly oppose him. Yeah, he'll get it done. Yeah, and if Chaos decides to do something in the Immaterium, in the Warp, the Emperor can't truly oppose them. Yeah. The Emperor couldn't when, stop the when, Warp Storms, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. when... You enter somebody else's domain. Doesn't matter how powerful you are in your domain. You're on a different playing field now. Yeah. As of this point, uh, Mayweather and McGregor haven't fought. <laughs> but, but, but when I, you're in someone else's domain, I'd like to draw the comparison. Yeah. That McGregor is going into the boxing ring. Exactly. So, and if you flip it, yeah. Oh like my then gosh. if they go into the wrestling or the MMA ring yeah, or whatever, yeah. it's going to be a different story again. Right. And that's that's the par the parallel yeah. we're trying to draw here yeah. is that it depends on whose house you're stepping into. Yeah. So I really like, I I love the I think he would he would reincarnate mm -hmm. if it was up to him. Like, yeah. Because he just has a desire, and I don't think he's benevolent or like gracious or anything, but he just has a desire to see humanity succeed. Yeah. For some reason. 
I mean, I, I really think it's a leftover. It's a remnant yeah. of what the shamans left in exactly. him. Exactly. Like, that was his purpose. Right. And to we talked previously yeah. about purpose and, like, what it is to these beings. Yeah. So, I really think he would if he could, but I don't think chaos would ever let it happen. So, what if, like, he becomes, like, quote-unquote, a chaos god? Yeah. Like, he stays in the war pit from there, starts to collect energy, starts to make, like, his own, like... Good demons. Good demons. Sure, yeah. Well, we talked about the Pantheon and how that is potentially a thing. The Eldar Pantheon? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Potentially there's splits from the Chaos God yeah. in, like, good things, so... But he wouldn't be a split. But I know what you're saying. No. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So we're saying it is possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... It would have to... You'd have to do away with the Imperial Truth. You, well... You would have well, to completely do away with it because... That's already been done, though. Yeah. So the Emperor's been, either been willfully lying or hiding the fact that the Chaos Gods exist... I think it's more just safety through ignorance. But either way, it's intentional. Like, yeah. we know now that the gods exist, and that it's been a secret that was kept from all humanity. Yeah. So, like, is it is it lawful right now to worship him as a god? It would be unlawful not to. So, if, if Robut sees a church of <laughs> the emperor, get executed. he's going and worshipping the emperor? That he, is more my question. Because he's Robut, one of the only few. Robut who... is the, the star child. Whoa, what? what? That's, no, that came out wrong. Very <laughs> wrong. Raboot is the cookie cutter of what the Imperial citizen should be. Yeah. So if From back in the day, If sure. he's not worshipping... Oh, it doesn't, like... It doesn't um, matter, because what the Emperor decrees is what goes. So, so there is a conversation between uh, Raboot Gilliman and, like, a high-up leader of the Ecclesiarchy. And uh, they... I don't think they actually say what happens. Like, like they don't give actual sentences, but sure. it, it happens in the Dark Imperium book. And basically, the outcome is, like, he's he tells, like, the Ecclesiarch, like, I'm not going to worship the Emperor. He wasn't a god. Like, there's lots of Space Marine chapters that don't believe he's a god. Yeah. But Reboot, like, sees it as, like, a necessary thing to keep the Imperium intact. But then, so he doesn't yeah. want to start a religious war on Exactly. Yeah. So he allows it, but, like, there... Okay. He doesn't believe it. And, and I get yeah. that, but, yeah. d- like, he doesn't believe he's a god, so he sees it as yeah. a societal thing. Yeah. He's like, there's no reason to rip apart humanity exactly. by claiming that it isn't god, so he's like, Not I'll yet, let anyways. it go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But and they kind of come to that understanding. But he doesn't where... believe it's necessary for <clears throat> the emperor's survival, which is a, the big, that's the difference in beliefs. If you right. believe that he is a god, you need worship. Yeah. You need the power. Yeah. So if if he truly is reborn as a god in chaos, then he needs to be worshipped fully. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, you want a cookie? Is that what's going on? I want a cookie too, please. Yeah, I want a cookie. Jordan's <laughs> pointing like, on the floor. Yeah, he's like <laughs> miming for the cookies, like trying to be all silent. Mark and Kristen are just looking around the room. I thought he was pointing at your, your wiener. <laughs> uh, like what? Jordan, you can't have that. You're talking about the emperor and you're getting a... <laughs> Not the first time tonight. <laughs> um... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because you want him to be as powerful as possible. Yeah. So then you'd be But like, that's if he dies, you want him to be as powerful as possible. Well, it depends. It, this could be a whole orc situation where it doesn't matter uh, where you are. If you believe it hard enough, it does exist. So, yeah. Because the Emperor kind of already exists in like a state of limbo and undeath. So if he's already part in the warp, which he is with the Astronomicon because he powers it, right? It is his presence, the Astronomicon. Fun right. fact, maybe. No, or, is that a yes or no? Well, what if the emperor is the god of unbelief? So, by people worshipping him, he's actually getting weaker. And that's why he had the whole imperial truth. <laughs> I don't ah. think unbelief is like a thing, though. 
No, negative energy. Well, negative energy is. Or yeah, or he's starving. Actually, it goes back to the imperial truth. Like maybe he's starving the chaos gods. If you don't believe in the chaos gods, if you don't believe anything's out there, you're taking power away from them, away from your enemy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing. But I like if he is a god, and if he dies and actually goes into chaos, I don't think he'd be reincarnated. And I do think the Imperium would have to enforce worship of him. They already do. <sighs> no, I mean like. If you don't worship him as a god and you don't make your prayer like every day, we'll kill you. Yeah, there is. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like because they they need him. They want to be powerful. Yeah, they want right? to keep feeding him energy. Right. Yeah. Those are my two cents. I think I went a little long. It's good. Yeah. You guys ready for my fun fun times? I am. Hey, go for it. Okay, so my I like to think that the emperor planned everything all along. He wanted to become a god. He knew that Horus was going to do, like, what he did. Um, like, when you tell somebody not to do something, they want to do it. Like, that's just human nature. When you tell somebody not to climb that tree, they want to climb that tree. So when the emperor tells, like, don't worship people. That's your example. <laughs> when my mom tells me, don't, don't you climb, climb that, that tree. tree. I'm going to fucking climb that tree. I'm going to fucking climb that tree. I'm going to climb it so good. <laughs> I'm going to reach the top, and I'm going to fall off and break my arm. How do you think of that? Yeah. Screw you, mom. I can do it. But, uh. Yeah, so when he tells, like, the, the Imperium, like, do not worship anything, like, yeah. he's kind of setting it up, like... He's using as, reverse psychology. Exactly, as opposed to, like, if he's like, worship me as a god, no one's gonna do that. Doesn't matter how good you are, like... Well, people will still do that, but, like, you get a bigger following if people think it's their own idea. Like, the whole if inception you, if thing. If you set yourself up as it, there will always be that seed of doubt. Exactly. And the other parallel you see in that would be yeah. Robot not setting himself up as the leader of... Well, yeah, exactly. Like, so, so even the guys that like don't believe in him are kind of useful idiots to his master plan. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he's foreseen it all. And then people are like, well, why would he let it go so far? Why would he like inter himself on the Golden Throne? And then here's my thought. So, we talked about how Magnus can like psychically project himself across the entire galaxy. The Emperor can do that, too. Sure. The Emperor can also, like, possess humans. So now the Emperor is just going... Like, he's being fed by all this psychic energy of people believing that he's a god. He's just doing whatever he wants to do. He's, he's going to go onto this one random planet, become a farmer, bang the farmer's wife. <laughs> then, he, you know, then he's going to psychically project himself to a war field and, you know, kill some guys. And then he just is going across the entire galaxy. Have you ever heard of the Emperor's Champion? <laughs> um, exactly like he wants to be a badass space marine he mm. you know does that and then uh the twist is like yeah so people are like oh but what's powering the astronomicon if he's all off into space have you ever heard of those thousand psychers a day <laughs> the black ships <laughs> they're powering the astronomicon because the emperor is no the longer there exactly <laughs> so that's what i like to think happens yes there are plot holes in that <laughs> yes it's this is almost like turning into the theology of the empire. Of the, <laughs> the emperor. emperor. <laughs> like, he's actually, like, uh, uh, everything is predetermined by him. Yeah. Destined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's actually a portion of that which is completely true. Because he is, he is looking as far into the future as possible right. and trying to determine the best route for humanity. But is he only doing it, like, based on, like, a, a, a predictable equation? Or is he, like, can he actually see into the future in any I'd say a little bit of both I would say a little bit of both really? with the a warp of, yeah go with for the it. warp the closer it is to you it's always going to be more predictable 
Mm-hmm. Right? You can look into the warp and see exactly what's happening next yeah. to you. You and can't look at what's happening across the galaxy. It gets a lot muddier. And yeah. when you're looking at the future, um, and choices. I mean, the Eldar do this a lot, where they're all they're all kinds of possible futures right. all playing out, yeah. and it's up to you to determine which is the right one. Right. Yeah. Okay. On a little more of a serious note, Mark. I was serious. I, I know, think that's. I, I know. I want to go the biggest load, farmer's wife. Okay? Biggest load of heresy I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I love it. If, when, yeah. when the Golden Throne fails, yeah, and they can no longer keep the Emperor alive, yeah, what happens? What do I think happens, or what happens in my idea? Of... No, no. What do you think actually happens? Not what happens to the Emperor who's busy banging the farmer's wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, he no longer bangs the farmer's wife. No. Um. What I think happens to the Emperor when he dies. Yeah, I think he would... He obviously ends up in the warp. And then I think he would basically just be gobbled up by the other gods. Like, overpowered. Um, he might put up a bit of a fight, but... It goes back to that whole example. Uh, when you step in somebody else's domain. Doesn't matter how powerful you are in yours. You're in their domain now. So, I think he would basically get destroyed. Is there any possibility that the Emperor has um, <clears throat> an even longer game in, in mind to not just conquer the material universe, but the immaterial universe? That could be it. So, like, let's say now he does die, right. and all these people are believing in him. Yeah, then maybe that would be enough power for him to not only... Become a contender. Yeah, yeah to become a contender and actually wipe out the Chaos Gods once right. and for all. Sure. That could be almost interesting, to, actually. You'd, you'd have to go to, to warp to do it. Yeah, you and that's... Couldn't, yeah, you couldn't do it from this realm. Yeah, and that's how you actually end Chaos once and for all. From the inside out. Yeah. I'm going to throw a huge, like, uh, thing in here. So with Warhammer Fantasy... Yay! You could have... <laughs> A case where like all battles are hashed out in the warp now instead. So yeah, it's not a fight over the physical material world anymore. Suppose the Emperor dies. He truly transcends to godhood and he's just like creating his own demons and fighting his own wars within within the war. So Age of Sigmar is happening with Age of the Sigmar forty K. Coming twenty eighteen. <laughs> How much warp dust did you see today, Christian? More that, than what is healthy. <laughs> that's actually kind of a funny theory. It's <laughs> interesting one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't mind that one. Actually. <laughs> oh, I mind it. <laughs> Especially I mind it on a matter of principle. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you really think about it, like the wars wars in the warp, um, like if anything, they're fought with presence and power and like the weight you can throw around. Yeah. Because there's there's no real reason to exercise your power to create a reality when another god is just going to try and destroy your reality with their power. Yeah. So it's kind of just like it, it'd be a constant balance and power struggle with them. Yeah. Because if your power comes from a source, you want that source to give power to you. So if the emperor's source is the galaxy, it makes complete sense that he wants to rule the galaxy. So when he does it, the only person who's getting power is him. Yeah. Right, the like he sets these really strict rules and disciplines yeah, yeah. to refuse power to Slanesh. Yeah, he sets in a very bureaucratical and aristocratical society to avoid any upheaval or change, or no yeah. trickery is is necessary from the, the only constant. He's purposefully yeah. stagnating his, uh, his right. empire. He's he's removing all kind of uh, threats to the galaxy 
to, so there's does doesn't have to be any fighting. Yeah, corn death through boredom. Hmm. I think uh, Jordan stumbled across quite a good idea That's there. That's an interesting one. Yeah, where, so uh, now eventually, when the only person, only people capable of worshiping are his followers, yeah, he goes to the warp. Yeah, he's powerful enough. They've been lessening in their amount of worship. He's just getting more powerful. Hmm. He can strike a blow. Yeah. So the question is, how well, long can he hold on? The other thing, too, though, is, before you get into that, is, like, no matter what, the Chaos Gods are gunning for him. Yeah. Absolutely. E- even even if Horus is killed and whatnot, like, the Chaos Gods are going to try and figure out something else to, to yeah. try and take him out. Right? Yeah, they didn't just accept defeat and yeah. call it that. Right. Yeah. So but they like, have been stagnated for 10,000 years. It's kind of been a balance right now between his power and all four of them. Also, they're not working in unity anymore. Yeah. No, that's a big thing. Hmm. Which so. is setting the stage for <laughs> yeah, for a strike. <laughs> Divide and conquer. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Hmm. Now we're all just pondering. <laughs> Take a picture of us, we're all just stroking our facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> it could be an interesting one. Yeah. Actually. Could... Yeah. If what? Okay, so then I'm going to pose the opposite question. Okay. Actually, Christian, do you have an answer if you want to say what happens if the Emperor yeah, what dies? What is your idea? Um, I like to think that uh, the Emperor would just cease, or the Empire would collapse, cease to exist, and uh, well, we already know that, and chaos would win. Yeah. And, and what yeah. happens to the Emperor? Yeah. What happens to his soul when he dies? I like to think he'd make an attempt to reincarnate. Yeah. And maybe he'd come back in a lesser form, like not as powerful. Maybe like chunks of him are say eaten up by the chaos gods, or or he comes back in multiple forms, broken up in as like fragments, perhaps shards. We've of seen shards, we've suddenly seen say. this before. <laughs> the emperor gets sharded. <laughs> <laughs> not the first time we've made that joke. <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, and then he would have to like rebuild himself from the ground up. So he it would really become Pokemon Wars then, like. <laughs> I choose the Emperor. So I choose I... the Nightbringer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I choose the Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times. So you, so you think he'd actually he'd be able to escape the grips of the Chaos Yeah, there's guys. nothing that I've seen that indicates that he would be totally destroyed in the warp. I think he's powerful enough to escape that fate. And he would come back maybe like lesser than what he was mm. and have to like rebuild and like start from scratch, which is almost like a worse fate. Like yeah. you've already lived as long as the Emperor's lived and you're starting back at ground yeah. zero at being less powerful too yeah to boot so you're like so. Oh, i gotta do all of this again it's gonna take another 10 20 30, years yeah so it's almost like as like the other gods are trying to devour him he like willingly gives up a portion of his energy in order to slip the rest of it away yeah and i do like to think i know a lot of people aren't the biggest fans but i like to think in in the grimmest darkest version of 40k <laughs> so you know what is the worst fate that would happen you know if the emperor dies, right, chaos would win, right? And in in the immediate future. In the immediate future, um, I'm going to try and stay away from Alpharius' story because that's going to be a whole thing. Mm. But there's a lot of that involved in the possible future if you allow chaos to win. Yeah. Yeah, the the Alpha Legion's pretty sweet when it comes yeah. to like backstabbing and trickery. whole whole so. story in itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Emperor is sharded, you know, at least not himself. Uh, there's an interesting theory that is... Now, I know I, like, say this name a lot, the Sensei. 
like when I'm chatting with you guys now. Yeah. Are they his sons? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think they're like yeah. his. So over the course well, of... Because he's barman banging farmer's wives. <laughs> over the course That's of... That's his end goal. Over the course of the Empire's life, he'd lay with many women <laughs> sexually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's a guy. It doesn't really fit with, like, his whole aloofness. But, you know, whatever. He There's a, a theory that he... When you gotta get off, you gotta get off. I think it's a little different when you're the god emperor of mankind. <laughs> yeah, it, that almost seems... He's not gonna get so himself off. That kind of seems beneath him. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. It, if anything, in, in he's reproducing current... for the future. Yeah. But There's no love or attachment. But you'd almost it's strictly think clinical. take his own <laughs> genetic samples. And that, create sons? Well, well, Maybe 30, 20 of them. 30,000 <laughs> 30, 30, years ago, this technology didn't exist. Right. So, back, say, like, in our oh, yeah, year, because yeah. he's alive in, like, the year 2000 right, AD or whatever. If you're listening to this, don't. <laughs> don't shoot us for heresy. We're so sorry. <laughs> Please accept us into your fold. Um, so, he's laying with women and he's creating sons who get a portion of his power, and then they also kind of exist on the sidelines of history. Yeah. Right? And so they exist. This is all speculation. Yeah, no, none of this is at all confirmed. Um, but it, it was a cool theory hmm. to read about in that. So now all this power that he had has actually already sharded. <laughs> we need a different word. Split. His power has already split off from himself multiple times through all these children. So you have him on the throne, weaker than he once was, but you also have these potentially tens or hundreds or even thousands of descendants of his that are walking around all carrying slivers of his power. Now, the same thing that happened very long ago where um, the shaman all killed themselves, entered into a suicide pact, and the emperor is born, there's a theory that what happens if you gather all his children to him and sacrifice them all at one bit and feed their souls to him the same way that the psychers on the black ships are. What happens to all his power? Like, It's like a magnet, right? It would go right back to him. Would that be enough to get him to stand off the throne? So my question is yeah. to all of you, what happens if tomorrow, if the next day in 40K the emperor stands up? Um... Well, there probably would be no more ecclesiarchy. <laughs> I don't think you would like that, but... What did I say about worship? You motherfuckers! Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, probably just here to reunite all of the Imperium again, like... Who gets who gets punished? Uh, the ecclesiarchy? Yeah. Um, Actually, all the High Lords of Terra. All the High Lords, yeah. yeah they've Some of them have been out for themselves the whole time, right? Yeah. So. Anyone that's held humanity back, even yeah. the Mechanicum, yeah, I'm sure you'd yeah. have some some words with them. Um, maybe parts of it, parts of it. But like yeah. the Mechanicum's pretty well stayed true to what the Emperor wanted. Like there were the rogue elements, but now they're dark Mechanicum, right? They didn't. They didn't stay with the Imperium. They didn't really stay with the Imperium, but. Yeah, really everyone's going to get their pee-pee smacked, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. Accept it. Is, that, is that what your mom did to you? <laughs> no, no. That's what uh, construction workers always say. They, they, like, joke, like, they make a gesture of their hand, and, like, they make the gesture of putting the wiener in the hand, and they smack it when you get in trouble. <laughs> Come here, you're going to get your pee-pee smacked. <laughs> I don't know where you work, but uh, <laughs> I think you should report that to somebody. Have. 
I got my pee pee <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely think that, uh, like, there's been, like, a degradation of yeah. the Empire right now. Like, well, it has fallen. It's gone, like, 180. Everything the Emperor said not to well, do. Not not entirely 180. Like, it's it's not in the age of strife. Yeah. It's not that bad. Okay, 150. Sure. So, I'll accept the 150. Yeah. Yeah. But, so there's definitely been, like, a huge uh, turnaround, and that, that has to change. But more, like, what would his... What do you think, like, because before he was on his Great Crusade, and then he was on his secret project. Do you think he still bothers with the webways? I think he would, yeah. Yeah, pick up where yeah. he left off. I almost wonder, so when he went into Moloch, yeah. that was when, like, everything changed for him. Yeah. Right, like, he was who he was, and he was guiding, he was learning, he was formulating his plans, but when he goes to Moloch is when things start picking up. And how long does he spend in the warp with the Chaos Gods? Who knows, not very long. Well, in the warp, in it the could warp, be 10,000 right. years. What yeah. happens now that he's been interred on the Golden Throne for actual 10,000 years and been learning about the warp, spending all his time in it, constantly fighting with these Chaos Gods? Like, I assume he comes out with a knowledge that previously was unthought of. So he's a super emperor. That's almost <laughs> what I think of. Like, if he ever, like, is able to step back up, it's on, like... He's now also unopposable in the war. Yeah. Um, if ever I could say no to one, no, two things, the first one would be female space marines. <laughs> but the next thing, if I was to say no to, like Games Workshop never should do this, yeah. is get the Emperor up. Like, it's... they're bringing Primarchs back now, which is cool, sure, but like... If the Emperor comes back to me, it's just like, oh, great. It's great game Cru- over. Yeah, it's just like Great Crusade again. Like, to me, it it's not that interesting, I would, personally, I find. But, if, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm well, not trying to derail your topic no, no. or nothing. It's but, fine, because, like, for me, uh, yeah. so for you, you're like, you, you kind of like the shape that the galaxy is in. Yeah, right like, now. it just, it's a neat place to to exist. Not, like, to actually be there, but, like, it's a neat universe and to bring the emperor back would literally just change the universe and that's why i play 40k and not horus heresy 30k right because i like the 40k universe i don't like it where like the emperor's around doing his thing and like yeah gotcha final crazy theory on my part uh for the emperor okay what if he's already dead tell me more so the astronomicon is being powered by those constant sacrificial souls yeah and his body is just sitting there decaying <laughs> and they tell everyone that the emperor is still alive and that he's watching over them and that's why and, the souls yeah yeah but in reality he's been dead all this time and humanity is putting up a fight all on their own maybe they don't need the emperor the the only thing i do not like about that is the webway portal that it's still closed but like those you said, souls the souls that are being sacrificed. But I don't know if that would keep a webway portal closed. Well, though. we have no idea. Yeah, we don't what it takes. But alternatively, takes. the easy out is that the custodes are fighting that 10,000-year war. The webway there portal is... Yeah. Like, it, it's very easy to justify that yeah. that could actually be the case yeah. when the emperor is dead. It's really courageous to have humanity putting up a fight for 10,000 years just trying not to lose. Yeah. Right? Just on their own. Yeah. Alone in the universe. Yeah, just kept together by And that, that is the grimmest, hope. darkest future. <laughs> He's been dead the whole time. That is, yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. If that were the case, then 
you almost wonder... Then it sucks. Yeah, like, if that's the truth, and that's the truth, then he was ripped apart in the war. Yeah. Right? If he died in 30k, then in 40k, he's no more. Yeah. And the Chaos Gods have truly won. I have one counterpoint to that. Yeah. About if this happens and the Emperor's actually dead and in the warp, there's uh, guys called the Legion of the Dam, and they're like Space Marine. They're Space Marine chapter. This is in 40k. Yeah. And like, they're essentially like demons. Like, they come out of nowhere, they vanish into nothing, and at one point, um, uh, in the fall of Cadia, they're there, and then, like, there's a psychic, uh, barrier or something. I, I forget how it's worded, but they all vanish when, like, this, like, them and all the demons around them vanish. Like, they're, they're demons. Yeah. So maybe the Emperor is a god, a chaos god, and he's just now starting to make his, like, chaos demons. Which would be the Legion Wait, of the so, Damned. Yeah, sorry, not his chaos demons, but, like, his, his, his demons. demons, which are the Legion of the Damned. Like, these, like, ethereal, like, flaming space marines. Like, because everyone sees, like, space marines as the avenging angels. So, so you're turning them to actual angels. Yeah. And also saints, too. Who yeah. Well, because uh, uh, Saint, Saint Celestine. Celestine was also weakened by this uh, psychic barrier, however they worded it. So. Yeah. so it could be the Emperor's power manifesting through... What about the stories of the people who actually go before the Golden Throne and talk with the Emperor? I don't think anyone really does that. Though. Yeah, yeah, they do. There's two. Well, there's like Alicia, Dominique, or something like that, and uh, there's also um, there's a couple, but like they never say like what? the conversation that happens. They yeah. just say they go before the throne. Uh, no, I believe no, that they, it's they no, never specifically. No, they say, say the door is closed and they yeah. had some kind of conversation, yeah. but it doesn't say how. Yeah. They leave it very vague. And presumably it's psychic, obviously. And, like, they could go in there, see the Emperor, and then the custode's like, eh, you probably shouldn't speak about this, but he's dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, been dead for 10,000 years. <laughs> you know, like, um, he's Googling it. I love it when he Googles stuff when me and Christian both know he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but he just needs to be right. Anyways. No, I just don't need to be right, but I swear I read a conversation no, where no. the Emperor, like, almost burned out this guy's mind while they were dis- while they were talking. No. Okay, what is there? Is there a part of like the schools on uh, Terra where they go before him yeah, on yeah. the throne and they get their eyes burned out yeah. by him? All yeah. psychers, all sanctioned psychers, go through that process. Okay, so if not him, then who's doing it? Custodes. Custodes. <laughs> so just standing there with surprise. an iron. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the emperor's not dead. That's no, it was it was a that. crazy theory out of left yeah. field. I'm not. I don't even believe it. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyways, do do we want to wrap this up? It's two and a half hours. Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. 11 o'clock. It's not a hot room in here at all. Yeah. (laughs) One one final quick little topic. Yep. Um, Who's the most powerful figure in all... No, I'm just kidding. Just a quick little topic. That's not a quick topic at all. (laughs) Um, So if you were a space marine in the Horus Heresy... Oof. What side would you choose? Um... Okay. I, I know the background where you're turmering, all that kind of stuff comes sure. into play. But let's just say, whatever you want, what side would you fall to? Like, what side do you find more relatable? Because Horace does make a lot of good points yeah, when yeah. he initially petitions people. Then it gets out of hand. Right. But until it get, uh, gets out of hand, like, he does make some good points. Yeah, like, so, the, the the whole, like, uh, Adeptus Astartes and the Great Crusade was far from a perfect machine. Yeah. So, and he's kind of just playing upon that. Um, so, yeah, let's start. Yeah, go for it, Christian. 
Uh, you know, I actually agree with Horace's secular reasons uh, for rebelling. Um, you have all these warriors who are, you know, on the front lines doing all the crappiest jobs and conquering the galaxy, and then all their work is just being handed off to guys who didn't even work for it. And then just end up dropping the ball on yeah, a lot of things. repeatedly. Yeah. Right? And like, oh, we could do a better job. And in fact, there are some space marines in, in 40k who do don't necessarily worship chaos, but are angry with what the Imperium has become. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be discontent, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Horus really played upon that emotion. Yeah, and, and I think it's justified. I think they're right in that, you know... Is it justified enough to kill your own brother? Uh, well, at the end of the day, like, if they're fighting to free the Imperium from even, like, the tyrannical rule of the Emperor, yeah. you know, that's that's reason enough. And if your brother is going to fight you, it's, it's not that you're trying to kill him, it's that... You know they're not going to stand in your. They're going to stand in your way no matter what. Yeah. So you're forced to kill them, right? You're never forced to actually kill your brother. I hate when you say that. <laughs> so my question then for you, for you, in the moment in 30k, absolutely, you identify more with that. What if you had the hindsight to see what your rebellion would lead to? Would you still rebel? Oh, obviously not. Okay. So if if you understood the consequences of what going to chaos meant, you wouldn't do it. No, but I don't Horace, think anyone I would. Horace knew. They all thought they would. Horace win. knew there was going to be a complete. No, this it's an, you don't start it's a fight thinking you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah, no, no, this, no, 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 no. I, I gave a look because of a different point. Okay, um, I gave a look that yes, Horace knew that he was going to rip the galaxy apart. Yes, but maybe he didn't fully realize like the power of chaos and that he was turning to chaos because he was manipulated by Erebus the whole time, right? So maybe Erebus kind of like secretly kept some stuff from him, and you know, like it's and slowly possible. twisted him more and more to the point where he didn't even recognize himself. The only you reason know? I think he might truly have known is because you said he went to Moloch. Yeah. He witnessed chaos firsthand. Exactly. He like, knew exactly what was going but, on. But when he first started the heresy, yeah. maybe he did it. Sure. And that's what I'm saying. The slow tease, yeah. like, that that even gets Christian. Yeah. Right? But as soon as you understand the consequences yeah, of the then action... then it's a different story. Yeah. Um, Eric? I, um, I want to, like, I identify... Like, I'm a Black Templar player, originally. Very yeah. first, that's who I played. And when you play Dungeons & Dragons, you're a paladin right. normally. You got that. Yeah. yeah. Like in World of Warcraft, I play a paladin, yeah. right? So I, I want to say that I would be a, a loyalist. Um, I also know that in the heat of the moment, like, emotions are powerful. Yeah. And when, when they're played upon, like, it's... Like, you, we already know how easily manipulated people are. Yeah. So I want to think that I would have, like, the character and the backbone to, like, stand up for what I truly believe in. And I would I would most likely believe, like, in my brother and in, like, the Great Crusade we're doing. And yeah. So I would like to say I'm a loyalist, um, but no one really knows until you're tested in the crucible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan, Horace or the Emperor? Um, I think, like, my personality would be Horace, but, you know... I think I would be a loyalist. And why do you think that? Uh, I think that um, it's hard to, like, argue that, like, Horus knows better than the Emperor who's been around for as long as yeah, human that's history. Yeah, that's true. And where Horus has only known war, yeah, the Emperor yeah. is kind of... Done yeah, like I, I would things. almost think like the the emperor not only is the emperor like like very very powerful he would be very wise as well yeah and and he would have like the hindsight that of people who haven't existed nearly 
even a fraction of, of the time he has. So, yeah, so yeah. you're putting your faith in the fact that he actually is the best possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jordan, he's a tyrant. <laughs> uh-huh. But Horace is no less of a tyrant. Horace is offering the option of freedom. Yeah. Yeah, cloak and dagger. There's no such thing as true freedom. Chaos is true freedom. Malal is true freedom. Corn <laughs> isn't freedom. Slanesh isn't freedom. Slanesh is kind of freedom. <laughs> anyway. You say that now when you don't have an anal plug in your butt. <laughs> uh, Mark. Um, so me, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. I wouldn't make it to be a space marine. <laughs> I don't like okay. killing. So if today, you're a member of the Imperial Army. You're drafted. Like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I just die, man. Oh, like, by the way, I you're dead just... in basic training. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like I wouldn't make it anywhere in 40k. Like I'm, I'm oh too my weak. Gosh. So like, I, I, there's an ant crawling around in our kitchen today, and my wife's like, "Oh, kill it, kill it!" And I like go cradle it gently, let it outside. It would be too much, and I couldn't do any okay. of it. Okay, but... suppose you made it yeah. by some miracle. <laughs> then the space because yeah. I'm just a good guy. Because but... you're too weak to yeah. make your own decisions. Oh my exactly. Gosh. I hate when people use that argument. You're too weak. No, to make your own decisions. Means you're standing up for your own conviction. Like you truly believe that it's the right decision. How does that make you weak? Well, really, this whole topic of choosing the Emperor Horus is kind of like voting Hillary or Trump. <laughs> they both suck. <laughs> How does the Emperor suck? Look at what he does. Look man. what he has to deal with. You people. <laughs> That's what he well, It's not my emperor. <laughs> yeah, like we, but, we, we, yeah, it's not like he doesn't have blood on his hands. Exactly. Like, like he's. It's not. It it's, would not be a good but place. But if I chose, it would be the emperor. It's a different when you're a god. Yeah. 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 But it, like he, like I mean, if you were a different species, let's say you would, you would hate the emperor. Yeah, he's exterminating your yeah. people too. He's a yeah. genocidal maniac. Yeah, who, who is? How dare you guys? <laughs> Actually, uh, just quick total side note, but backtracking a little bit. Horace has a moment where he questions why they're exterminating Xenos, and even that's like, true. Yeah. I remember, yeah. he yeah. meets Xenos that are peaceful yeah. and come into contact with humanity and have like advanced technology that they could share, and, and other people go and kill them all. And, yeah, yeah, and in his mind, he's like, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah. So even like. Horse falling to chaos, or at least like rebelling against his father, isn't totally unjustified. He's like looking at his father. He's like, "Why are you making me do this?" Yeah. The the everything goes back to the fact that he's older, he's wiser, he knows exactly what he's talking about. Like, it it, it really goes on whether or not you believe that. Like, who has who has the better, who's going to take better care of humanity, Horus or the Emperor? Yeah. So far, Emperor wins hands down. Time and time again, he has humanity's regard. He doesn't have yeah, individuals, he, but, best he interest, but he has humanity. But he has humanity's best interest at heart. Yeah. Unless you believe the only reason he's doing it is to transcend. Yeah. Classic utilitarianism. <laughs> cool. Versus the individuality of chaos. Uh, well, Christian, if you want to talk about politics, that's going to be our eighth podcast. <laughs> We're going to discuss Marxism on our next episode. <laughs> Um, well, thanks, guys. For this was episode seven. Yeah, I, I hope we amused you guys enough with this horrible coverage of the oh, horse heresy. It's so sad, but yeah, this was our horse heresy episode. Um, I had fun. It was good. Yeah, this nice. this episode I was dreading. I'm like, oh man, but I, I think we did yeah. adjust. It was nice enough. to have Christian back. Yeah, really. Thanks for showing up. Yeah, he knows he's welcome anytime he wants. Yeah. Um, but go ahead, like us on our Facebook page. You can just search Lorehammer. Our Twitter handle is uh, lorehammer40k. Our email address is lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. Always send us a message. None of us have lives. 
Give us a review on iTunes. Yes, go like a us on A good review. ITunes. Don't bother with a bad review. <laughs> go like us on iTunes. Uh, hit us up with a review. The more you do it, the more like we get out there. And then I just want to be uh, famous. So <laughs> Pretty Inter- much. Internet famous. Yeah. It's the only reason um, I'm doing this, really. That's funny. I do it because I like 40K. I actually despise 40K. He doesn't, he doesn't even know what 40K is. No. Is that what? What is 40K? It's just, why would you put a letter and a number in the same thing? That makes no sense. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, let's give one shout out here. Um, me and you went to Shoebox Games. Oh, yeah. And we met a guy named Derek. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. And we're going to try to get involved in the league. Yeah. So maybe one day he'll listen and you'll hear this. Hey, here's to you, Derek. He'll go easier on us when we play him. It's <laughs> what yeah. I'm hoping for, ulterior motive. But, yeah, yeah. thanks for being a friendly guy there. Yeah, it's Derek. always not. It's always nice to meet people. When, yeah, when yeah, they're more no, than welcome to and welcome and like you, you can just pick game. up a conversation and it's fine. Like yeah. it wasn't awkward at all with them, so yeah, it was nice. That's yeah. all. All right, from Eric, I'm out. Thanks, guys. Peace. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>